Mastering the Storm is the Heroes of the Storm podcast on the Anchor.fm platform. Heyo, welcome, welcome, welcome to Mastering the Storm. I'm your host, LDAP. Joined by Wenzeltron. What's up, everybody? We're back again at our regularly scheduled time. Yeah, if you don't know, we record on Wednesdays, but then we publish usually by the weekends. So by Friday at the very least. Yeah. I don't know if it's lazy. We'll get into this <laughs> uh, you know, it's just we got things. Yeah. But I'm hoping that we get this one out earlier for the BlizzCon so people yes. don't. You know, it's like we're predicting I, things. And I'll, people... try, I'll try to have it uploaded tomorrow morning so you can upload it to not, tomorrow night, so Thursday. Yeah. So anyway, last weekend we had a little bit of a sound issue on my side, I think. So we're going to try. We've been checking things out just to make sure I don't sound like, you know, Max Hedron, um, <laughs> at least in the first part. Yeah, that, I think that was annoying listeners myself. I, yeah. I apologize if you follow our show, if we annoyed you and you're ready to delete our podcast. It's not <laughs> intentional. We don't have the angry Twitter fans in the background anymore, or not anymore, yet, rather. Yeah. <laughs> I think it by like maybe January. I, f- I feel know, like January. it's worth mentioning, though, Happy yeah. Halloween. It's, Happy Halloween. You know? <laughs> We've turned out the light on our front porch, so hopefully you don't get any trick-or-treater ding-dongs. Here. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, my parents have that covered, thankfully. Otherwise, it would be quite annoying. <laughs> I guess it's a little late yeah. now, though. Yeah, I mean, the kids came. They started, I guess, around 6, and they, they pittered out around 8.30. So it's not like when I yeah. was growing up. When I was growing up, we were out till 10 o'clock ringing doorbells. Right. <laughs> Give us your candy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like fiends. Like, where is it? I smell it. <laughs> but yeah, so where should we start? Well, we have a rundown. Let's give it a quick rundown. And yeah. We'll just dive in. So we're going to, this is our BlizzCon extravaganza. All the, the other show. podcasts did the <laughs> BlizzCon. They did their BlizzCon thing last week. So we're going to be last in the barrel for that. We're going to go over some HTC stuff, specifically uh, heroes that were picked, and then the news that's going on this week for HTC. Uh, we'll be then doing the uh, hero discussion. We'll dive into the uh, balance patch notes, and then we will conclude with our Dragonshire and Infernal Shrines Reddit discussions. So that's pretty much what we're doing tonight. Except, you know, we might we might we might talk a lot about you know what we're we're hoping to see at BlizzCon. So yeah. So what do you hope to see at BlizzCon? I think I dominate this conversation half the time. So um, I mean, really, it's kind of just the the roles would probably be my biggest one. Because teaching players who may or may not have the same skill as you, especially with the prevalence of Team League at this point, um, it's kind of been of an uphill battle trying to like un- to get people to pick things. Uh, I don't know. Were you with us yesterday, um, being that Wednesday, Tuesday? Uh, with the, what is it called? That Artanis we had? I don't know if oh, you yeah. No, no, I wasn't in your match that time, but... Well, yeah, so, yeah so we had this Artanis in our game, and he's like nine deaths, and he just didn't... Like, we had no CC. Like, I picked a Blaze to, like, cover our bases, because I think... I'm not... He's not 100% a ta- main tank yet, but I think he's really close, and we'll get into it later. Um, post um, this recent balance patch that came out today... Uh, I think he's really close to being one. But besides that, like, we only had one major source of CC on our team, and it was just really, like, unfortunate. And uh, it just drives me crazy when, you like, people don't pick enough CC. Because I just think CC is so, like, it's such a valuable thing to have. Like, you can never have too much of it. Like, that's why Tyrande's so good. That's why, like, Blaze is so good. Diablo's so good. Like, when you have multiple stuns on your kit... And to some degree, a new Barak, but I think a new Barak is kind of walks a knife edge in non-competitive. 
So, just having better roles to be able to have players kind of understand would be awesome. And then the only other thing is maybe... Hmm. I don't know. Maybe duo queue. But I don't think that would come out yet. So how new roles help people understand the game more how because you, you, ha- you have more happen? nuance in what you need right so like if you okay. think because if you think about right now you have a damage dealer right so people are like well i'm just gonna pick whatever damage dealer i feel like playing because like there's like the unspoken rule that you need like at least one burst and one poke right okay you know one one deep one dps one burst you know it's kind of like the adc or ad carry or ad um what is it called ad Mm-hmm. AP champ, yeah, it's eight. It's like basically auto attack ca- character or uh, attack power character. Okay, you know that makes kind, sense. That kind of like think thought process, and then the breaking up the tank role so that you understand like, oh wait, we haven't picked a main tank this yet. You know that kind okay. of thing. Just kind of give putting it more in front of the players because like it's still it's kind of still kind of like the thing of where it's not going to go away completely, but it'll just help streamline things a bit better, at least from a new player perspective. Yeah, you know, and I think what'll be interesting is like if they find a way to put this in the draft to help people when they're drafting. Yes. To know, like, you know, when you say we need a main tank, what does they that mean? Click on that. that, that <laughs> well, the main tank might highlight, right? And you put your yeah. mouse cursor over, and it might look at your hero pool and you say, can "Here play are your these list characters. of main tanks." Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the same goes with like any like we need a we need a main supporter or something like that. Yeah. And hopefully the the names of the 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 actual roles or keywords, so people can search on them or that will highlight them or something. I, you know, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Or it's like a, the basically like the current sorting, but better. Yeah. Yeah. But more importantly now, then specialists have to like I think they're going to have to figure out a way to classify the specialists. If yeah. They're really, if they're getting away from that specialist tag. Specialists so. are in a weird world. At least the ones that are still very specialist-like. Right. Like the Gazlo and the um, Sagara to a lesser degree in Asmodan. But also Asmodan is cut to a lesser degree. See, because like, there's some of these heroes that are like kind of break the mold, right? Because mm-hmm. like, if you think of Mage, you usually think burst damage, but then Mephisto is really a poke hero. So you kinda, yeah, he's definitely a poker, yeah. You know, so you have to like shift your your thought process on it because like I still have trouble with that, even though in our games we've been playing a lot of Mephisto. So it's like, wait, mm-hmm. you have this, you have to switch your thought process usually, like, right? So you usually think you have like a poke hero, like a Rainer or something like that. But then if you have like, then you have like a mage that's your finisher, like KT or um, whatever. But then you have, then it's better to go like Mephisto Genji or Mephisto Greymane or something like that. To have like right. that melee finisher or Zeratul even probably would be yeah. a useful one. Or Valera or, you know. Yeah, exactly. So this yeah, is kind of like my thought process on that. Just just kind of teaching people how to pick better comps. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, having the appropriate label to and for what their role is in the game. Yeah. So it's help. It's descriptive. And Especially so more to, importantly, I think they need to also. No, go ahead. Continue. Especially they need to provide the additional tools. The labels are one thing, but making sure people know how to use those labels appropriately yes. when drafting or when trying to figure out what is what, you know? Right. And I I hope that Blizzard... So Blizzard, you know, last year, I think they've had a history of kind of like... In the beginning of the year, the quality control, I don't think, was as high when they made these kind of changes. They <laughs> they, well, like the even the new... Um, 
the the new changes to the the battlegrounds. You know, they they changed the experience on the, the, the on the on stuff, but then they had to iterate a, a few times and adjust the experience for towers. I mean, they did like a lot too. Like the yeah. last last year, the int- the beginning of the year was a pretty decent change, comparing yeah. everything. You know, my hope is that they have a roadmap with regards to. Introduce the new roles, introduce the transition for heroes into yeah, those roles. Yeah, like over three months. Yeah, and then maybe even adjust the the system to use those roles for suggestions and things like that. And maybe even some type of like introductory video or something like that for the new player just yeah. to understand why what's what's this what's this role need specifically? What's what's the attributes of this role and what what characters bring into that role maybe a unique uh, aspect of the role to highlight it. Yeah. So, um, and I don't, and I hope it's not just stuff outside the game, like articles on their, their website. Really the way you learn this game is inside the game. You know, as much as you want to have guides and all this other stuff, you know, you shouldn't I, I have to go outside of it to learn everything. Exactly. You know, a lot of people talk about the API, you know, I want to, I want to look yeah. at stats, right? People talk about My, it a lot. I just don't yeah, know if that's my, coming <laughs> too soon. Well, my feeling is why don't you just have it in the game? You know, why don't you just have it? Like you look at Blaze, right? And you say you hover over it and look at his win rate or look at, you know, in Hero League. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? It doesn't, I mean, we have, the data is there. I mean, it might, you know, you might have to query it or something like that. Right. But they could provide summaries that you download once a week or something like that. So it's quicker. You know, it doesn't have to be up to the second win rates. It could just be the last 30 days. Or I mean, yeah. they, they do server maintenance every Tuesday when a patch goes live or whatever. So, like, yeah, could easily be updated weekly. Yeah. Right. I don't and I don't necessarily mean to. I like the fact that they, that, you know, people upload their replays and we get that data. So I'm not against the API at all. I'm just saying, like, if they keep dragging their feet on this, provide, you know, uh, guidance to people. Right. Why not put it in the game? So, like, when you're drafting, you say, "I need a tank. Which tank has the better win rate?" You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Why do I have to go to a, like a, an app on my phone to do that? Now, I'm not against it, but I'm just saying, like, maybe they I have mean, a noodle. That's a lot more. That's a lot more leg legwork than the average person is going to do. Right. Everyone wants to right. do it within the game. You know, and if the tool's in the game, you know, that's helpful. You know, it's like, so yeah. I don't know. We'll see. You know, maybe you know, maybe it's one of those things where. Uh, you know, maybe they put it as a training wheels or something. I don't know. Yeah, but. I mean, I mean that that brings up another thing: is an updated try mode, maybe. Yeah. Or like not try mode, like the beginner stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, a couple of things I would like to see. You know, they have two maps where you can kind of like uh, turn on stuff. Like, you know, if you want to play with a try lot, they have like uh, what's it? Um, Bulk Sky Foundry. You can. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put that in try mode, and then just like in the the uh, trainer or the try mode, you can like run around with the the protector and get used to using that and stuff. Oh, really? I, think that, I didn't know that. I think all the maps could use that kind of like try mode ability. So if you want to practice some things or you know whatever, yeah, it would be nice. Um, I could see. We that. used it like in learning fives. You know, we were running around. And learning how to do stuff in learning fives in those kind of maps as a group of five against a bunch of AIs or something like that. So, you know, I hope, I mean, like, you know, maybe newer maps they can do that with. And if they yeah. want to retrofit an older one. Or like at least one. the core HGC maps, at the very least, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, sometimes you want to illustrate something, sometimes you want to yeah. record a video, you know, it's like, yeah. but, um, 
I don't think it's a priority for that, but it's nice that they're there. And it's like you some when you don't if you don't know they're there, you won't even try them. But like, you know, any type of new map comes out with a new mechanic or something like a new uh, vehicle or something like that. Maybe having that that trial right. ability to do that vehicle or, uh, would be helpful. So, yeah, I could dig it. You know, and it's interesting. So like the last couple of BlizzCons, you know, we've had hero release. And, uh, we've had hero uh, releases and then some gameplay changes. And I think last year, you know, I, I was thinking about it in the car ride home today. It was like I was happy with what I heard at BlizzCon last year, you know, the announcements. But I was also disappointed. And what I was disappointed about was the lack of social features. You know, like yeah. it seemed like it was like, you know, I was looking forward to the clan system. And I know that they just announced at that time the uh, – kind of the discord the, the battle net version of discord yes um and i was expecting for something to be integrated but it just didn't make the cut right so yeah. i was a bit disappointed about that i was encouraged about performance-based matchmaking and in the changes to uh the towers and, and minions and all that kind of stuff you know i was definitely encouraged by that but i think i was most disappointed by social features so i think for me i'd like to see more social features like a group finder or something yeah, the group finder, you know, uh, clans, um, some type of, you know, these social features so people can connect and, you know, build communities that want to, whether it's like a Heroes Lounge or, you know, just the, like a podcasting group, you know. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. And right now I do use the social groups within, I like, I'm a member of A-Move TV, I'm a member of Windtime, all the podcast uh, channels. Mm -hmm. And I do meet people on those and we go and we group up when you and I aren't doing stuff. So right. it's, and I, I'm just hopeful that that makes it in, you know, that they, they put some thought around that and make it, and make it interesting too. Like, you know, make achievements and, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. So, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, it's just another thing where it's like, you have to go outside of the game to get back in the game. <laughs> right. So, it's so make it in the game. Yeah. Put yeah. it in the game. That's where, yeah. So. That's fair. And, you know, with regards to what I, you know, will there, what changes, you know, we've heard the rumors, uh, DB Smiley has kind of mentioned some stuff today that there might be changes to movements, like how like people mount or move around the map. Uh, you and I were talking earlier today about sustain. Like that mm -hmm. might be something that they're going to address, whether it's mana or just health or uh, other issues. With so that might be the more, you know, more nitty gritty gameplay changes that they will investigate a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like we not we don't really have the double support problem. I was kind of expecting double support to be more of a thing for BlizzCon, mm -hmm. but it really hasn't come up yet. Um. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious how they're going to change things. Like, because I think the biggest discrepancy, at least on the competitive side of things, is that the the solo lane is relatively boring. It's just a lane clear fiesta, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, just all of the heroes that are meta for it, the rel that specific role are so safe that you know they're more or less ungankable. Yeah, ungankable and uninteresting mm. and don't take risks, basically. Yeah, it's like they're ungankable, they're super safe, and they just make plays, and then their kids are good enough that by the time they need a team fight, they're, you know, you don't lose anything for having them on your team. <laughs> Especially Blaze. Like, I think that's what, like, their biggest thing has been the, the bunker thing for him. Yeah. And I think at this point, for the average player, bunker is not an option. 
Um, do you want? Do you think they want to make it so that anyone can be a solo laner? You know, like you know, with regards like you could throw a support up there to be a solo laner, or I don't think support, but I think in any of the other three roles. Okay. Because I don't, I don't, I think having a support, I think if you could have supports in solo lane, then you would run into a double support issue. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because why well, would? Because <laughs> that was like well, the one big thing before is they got rid of all this, it's like the lane clear from supports. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, and the one thing I did like about last year was the fact that they changed it so that you could capture the enemy's globe from the enemy minion. So I like that change. I thought that was kind of okay. But yeah. maybe that's also contributing to the boringness, right? You know, because like you can steal someone else's globe, but it's not really, there's not really much of contention. You yeah. Know, what do you do? Do you, do you tweak the minions? Do you, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, they're not free. I don't think they'll go back to ammo. I don't I don't see that yeah. happening. Yeah, I'm good with the ammo change. I'm Me too. Good. I don't care. Um, I think all the changes they made, you know, and then the X, and then later on they made the XP changes were all good changes. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think in general I, the XP breakdown is pretty okay. Yeah, the only thing I would say that you know for the most part, um, I don't think things snowball except for on two lane maps. And on two lane maps, the way I've seen things snowball is when you have a Sylvanas where they can just shut down stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you build yeah. like a Greymane old school comp with it. Yeah, and they just or you just you go bottom and then and Sylvanas goes top. Like if you win the objective, you're pushing with the objective. Sylvanas is shutting down and taking out the top. That's yeah. where I've seen some stuff snowball. I've had like you know I've had a couple of Battlefield of Eternity matches where six minutes thirty seconds done you know, because we had a Sylvanas. You know, <laughs> so you win objective, you know, win the game. Yeah, so, right. So. Yeah, I mean, not that that happens in the pros very often. I mean, but it does. It definitely can happen. I think the changes they did on Braxis this summer, where you know anyone can contend the point, and even if you you get a hundred percent, you still get uh, you know a push from uh, losing the uh, the objective. Mm -hmm. I th the thing I think I, I even when we play Braxis, I see I think sometimes we overcommit to try to cap the points. Versus trying to get like um, some mercenaries instead. You know, yeah, like, I think that's just the thing that's hard for people to to break away from sometimes. Right. Because people are so like, we need to do this, like, because it's the objective on the map. Mm -hmm. And it's more like, no, we're doing fine in the other one. Let's try to make space over here. Right. You know, but then it's in when people disagree on timings or like what's going well, on or whatever. Like, I think. Overall, I think people don't feel the mercenary camps have a lot of value anymore. I mean, what has more value still yeah. in the opponent's mercenaries? Not yours. You know, getting yours maybe early in the fight or early on. Is yeah, okay like as objectives come up and things like that. Yeah. But otherwise, it's not much value. Right. You know, so, um, so maybe they'll, they'll think about that as well. You know. Maybe scale but them I, earlier or what do you mean? Anything else? I don't know. I, I just think that they need to make them more relevant. You know that you know not mm -hmm. that they they can win the game for you, but they can definitely make they a swing, team up the split. They, or, they give you like that two percent or five percent advantage yeah. to to win objectives easier. Yeah, which is making so you have to make decisions. Yeah, you know? I think you know at the highest level it makes sense when to do camps and things like that, mm -hmm. but it's not intuitive for the average player. I mean, there's a lot of times when I've played in like Hero League and stuff that players get upset when you try to do camps right before an objective 
Yeah, I don't understand that. You know, it's and like, it's like, well, if we all would have just came here, we would have been done with, you know, 10 seconds to spare. Yeah. You know, like why my, my my drafting in silver, I tend to take heroes that are macro oriented, not the right. L, you know, you see my heroes. I mean, right. you know, it's like I tend to like a thrall, Rhaegar. These are all heroes that can, you know, solo a, 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 a simple camp or a basic camp pretty right. early on. Hanzo know, and too. Sustain. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't really take Hanzo as much, but I usually no, take... Like, but I'm just saying, you know, throwing it out there is another option for, like, yeah. that's solid in that area. Just so you have that push, you know, that, you yeah. know, distraction. Well, because if, if you can take a camp super fast, you're able to then come back to the team fight and be like, all right, let's push with this thing. Well, you know? And, after, and then afterwards, I like the side soak as much as, you know, because I feel like, yeah, you guys are going to... A four stack can push something i can go clear lanes and yeah. also maybe get a camp and help you know get a, get it further ahead went ahead get ahead more you know it's like right and then just you know pick your team fight that you want when you're in balance so aside from that though i'm not really sure what else we could the game could really adjust with except maybe performance based stuff yeah. you know just the typical things that everyone's been wanting for the um <clears throat> matchmaker stuff yeah, I think a lot of people want the match. They want, they want the quick match to be more balanced comps if possible. I think that's yeah. a comp thread on Reddit. Um, they'd like to see. Uh, I guess, I think people want Hero League to, the the queue times to be reduced somehow. And I don't think they're gonna. The only way they can do that is they change. In my opinion, they, they create incentives for people to go play it. Right now, there's well, yeah. no incentive within a fifteen, you know, a five minute to six minute queue. Yeah. On average. Well, that's why I said duo queue. Yeah, definitely. We and I are on the same page on that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just think but, there's so much to tr like practice with duo queue and like. Yeah. Then that pulls half the people who are duo players. They can still go play team league if they want to, but like, mm -hmm. there's some people who, you know, like we've played with a couple teams where we've had like a huge spread of ranks, and mm -hmm. sometimes that doesn't feel great, win or lose. Right. You know, it's so steamrolled well, and so, you know. I don't think like if it's bronze, silver, silver, gold, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, you know, if you're in those ranges, you know, of, of those things, especially below say uh, diamond and below, I don't think it really matters. It seems like the, the diamond masters and grandmasters, they're the ones that get a kind of nitty picky about who's in their comps. They don't like, you know, well, grandmasters yeah, don't want but I'm just saying there's, there's, there's a weakest link element that happens sometimes because yeah. like majority of us are, gold platinum ish right so that gives right. us the opportunity that we're going to be playing against platinum diamond people right, right? and so a so then a silver player is going to look way different to that plat gold or plat diamond person mm -hmm. than it does for you and he's going to be able to capitalize on your mistakes much easier yeah. than if he was going against someone who's the same rank or a little bit above below right that's that's my thing. Is there's just a skills discrepancy, yeah. and, and it, it just doesn't feel good because like you could be firing on all cylinders and you know equal to that person on an MMR thing or skill level whatever, but it just doesn't. I don't know. I guess maybe you could put some sort of like you can only play with people who are, you know, plus or minus a, a division from you. Yeah, and I think that you know, as long yeah, there'll probably be more restrictions on Hero League, you know, with with rainbow matches versus what they have now in Team right. League. And I think it's one of the reasons why Team League you know queues are so fast is because well, yeah, it for sure is. 
they, they've taken away all this like you know calculus to figure out if how to match people up. I mean, there's a reason it's it like, takes like what fifty seconds to get a queue, if not less. Right. Right, but I think people would if you got your queue down to two minutes thirty seconds in here early, I think people would be quite fine. You know, Probably. That too. Yeah, I mean, or even three minutes. You know, it's like a um, kind of a threshold. Five minutes usually, but here's the thing: it's five minutes, and then you get a crappy matchup. That's where the, it's not just the five minute queue; it's if you lose, and it was a bad matchup in the first place. Right. You know, remember that. That's where people object about Hero League right now. And but people like Hero League because it's kind of the pure division, right? It's the pure skill division. Well, yeah, I mean that's for the people who want to grind and do all that whatever. The the yeah. full on try hard mode. Yeah. And I'm I can't speak of that because I've never been that kind of person. There was a point where I was kinda ish. But not really. Not to the degree where I'm like, I'm gonna my goal is to get masters or whatever, right? It's never been right. my thing. No, and that's yeah, that's kind of my mentality too. I'd like to get higher up, but more importantly, I want to focus on a number of wins per season. You know, yeah, and and, and keep my win percentage higher than my losing. You know, I want to win more games than I lose. That's kind of like that. Plus, I want to be, I want to reach a certain threshold of wins. You know, right. so that to me is my competition. If I can climb up, that's great. But I don't think you know me in this current system and who I play with. I don't think it's inclusive. We've talked about this. You know, it's really difficult to rank up. You know, I mean, it's more likely for me to derank than it is to rank. <laughs> yeah. And you know, for me, I, yeah, and I, you know, you get a bad streak, you get yeah. a bad set of teammates, you know, and the fact that it is a little bit rainbow at the beginning of the season because people's MMRs are adjusting. Right. You know, I, I feel sometimes people have the ban; they don't deserve the ban. And there was like some <laughs> weird stuff lately going on with the. Uh, what do you call it? Oh my god. Like the people who have like a whole bunch of team or hero league games, right? Those streamers and stuff. But mm-hmm. then they come into team league and they are playing for like the first 10 games ever. And they're only getting placed like high gold, maybe platinum. Mm-hmm. So then they're screwing up, you know, person like me who's been placed in gold platinum every team league season since I've been doing it basically. Right. You know, so then these guys are just steamrolling us, and that feels bad. But even though they're still gold, it's like, well, you're not really gold. But <laughs> they got to go through the, the the struggles. So just kind of, yeah, influx issues, I guess, would be what it'd be called. Yeah, another thing I'm looking in. Yeah, there's that. Another thing I'm looking forward to, and they kind of alluded to it. Uh, one of the um, AMAs was lost forgiveness, right? Right. So yeah, lost we've, forgiveness. we've talked this to guests. <laughs> but still it's something you know i'm looking forward to being announced and or detailed and once again you know when you play with ais if you know it creates salty environments right you know yeah. i know i'm salty when i'm you know, when some guy just drops out and doesn't want to play yeah and i'll be honest with you it's what i you know when i play hero league and team I mean, here league i don't really get that many disconnects uh, i but team league i do see a disconnect a little bit more frequently and obviously in quick match there's disconnects all the time it's like well yeah i mean i haven't to be honest i haven't played a quick bench game in probably two weeks maybe mm-hmm. uh, unless i played like one or two yesterday last week but i didn't even like i played them and i just data dumped them afterwards because they were bad <laughs> well i usually do it like, <laughs> what i usually do is i take a hero i get a couple builds i i go in ai mode i practice the builds a few times then i go in quick match and see what i can do with those builds right you know and then, and then i take them into here you know I I don't I used to only play quick match that was my thing me too I, yeah 
But now it's like, yeah, quick match to me is just kind of like, eh, I'll try it out a few times. And then, you know, yeah. I did level my Ev this past week uh, through quick match primarily because, oh, nice. well, I just don't feel as confident playing my Ev in Hero League as I do, like, say, playing Thrall or Malthiel yet. But I definitely like my Ev, and I can see, I can see it, it's a lot of like, you know, playing her, that, that hero is not as rewarding. Is playing others but when it does when you get on like you get on the cycle it is very rewarding yeah but you have to hit your combos it's like you hit the combos or you don't if you i'm don't, really bad at the queue because the area is so weird yeah and that's where you know i learned to use um uh, on release you know that was one of the things i, had, mm-hmm. I kind of practiced with that i was doing the e you know where she cycles in on on release but i, mm-hmm. I stopped doing that um, because i felt i had better control and just you know quick quick cast of that nice um i love i love the umbra binds i just love landing that it's mm-hmm. like that's probably the most rewarding thing about her you land it and you you go backwards and you pull everything back and you hit qqq right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know it's like and then but i had to learn the tricks to hit those umbras you know right. you had these auto attacks and you had to like you know maybe bounce it off a minion to hit the the hero bind it and stuff right so uh and you know she can like when you put everything it's like i think uh, Maev is great with Blaze. I think if Blaze takes like combustion, goes in, stuns, Maev walks in, Umbra's, you know, puts him in a containment, t- you know, uh, puts him in the, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, and then just walks backwards and then Q, Q, Qs. I mean, it's just, she can do a ton of damage. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally see that. That's why uh, the pros play her a lot. So yeah. Like, I think, too, like her kit really incentivizes communication, though. Yeah. Because, like, if you go in with the number of buy and it's like, okay, but if there's no one there, it doesn't matter, kind of. She doesn't She doesn't have the solo ability anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, unless she, she is getting massive resets, but then it's kind of like the KT story where they're, the enemy team is outplaying themselves. Yeah. And the only thing I, I, I don't like about her right now is I think they nerfed the D too much. I think that that was it 25 seconds now. It is it really? Like Holy it, crap. It's crazy long. It's, I did it not used to be like ten, It used to be like 10 oh, seconds, my, right? So, yeah, it was like an, an eight, nine second cooldown, something like that, initially. And then it got bumped up, and now it's super bumped up. I guess that was because of how much her popularity was at like the midseason brawl this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But You're like, just I like, get it, kind uh, of, but do I want to get it? No. <laughs> actually, it's cooldown is 13 seconds, but it feels like 20. <laughs> well, like, yeah, when you, I mean, it's a huge part of her because she doesn't have any sustain compared to other melee bruisery types. Right. right. Well, she gets, you know, later she can get armor if she lands her umbras, right? You know, I mean, if you take the umbra build, you know, you can get armor to protect yourself a little But if you don't hit two, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So. And that yeah, so yeah, maybe need to support to enable to enable that to some degree. But you know, like I said, I liked her playstyle and I enjoyed learning her. And I will break her out once in a while in a hero league match, but it's only if I have the right comp, you know, and to do to make it work. But um, but back to the what we like to see at um, BlizzCon, you know, I mean, I want to see the game get hyped. Yes. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, Heroes 2.0 was a lot of hype, you know. There was I mean, a ton a, of hype for a yeah. like, crazy map. And the, the reason why is they were giving away so much stuff free. We had Genji, Overwatch Heroes. I mean, it was like, what was it? Garrosh was coming out. I mean, that 
that height, I hope they can find a way to like energize that again. To wanna, yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, think, I, I really enjoyed this game. I mean, we obviously yeah. we wouldn't be talking right now if we didn't enjoy this game as much as we do. Right. Yeah. Um, to me, it's like it's kind of not sad, but it's just like after Heroes 2.0, it was like this game. It felt like everybody was going to be, you know, there with you kind of thing. And now it doesn't feel like that anymore again, kind of. Like, people have kind of petered out, and there's, like, that same group of people who've always been in the game, right? You know, like the Pally Times and podcasters, whoever. Like, all those guys. But then at the same time, it's kind of totally just petered into steady state in some way, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's, like, cross-promotion or just not enough enthusiasm from blizzard to be able to just put post it out and stuff like that like it was you know i don't know like i still love this game but i'd like to have more people play this game with me (laughs) and you know i just want to just i want people to i just want this game to be exciting you know i mean i think that what was interesting at the beginning of this year you know the the next the the hgc season begins the mid-season brawl was amazing. You know, bar aside all the problems with matchmaking and the MMR, the MMR fiasco or the performance-based MMR, the HCC mid-season brawl, season one, was amazing, right? You know, and then they introduced Deckard Kane, and, you know, but then HCC by the summer kind of pittered out. You know, yeah. it was just kind of like more of the same. You know, it's like, I don't know. And... But then again, the playoffs were fun. You know, I think the last couple weeks ago, the playoffs were amazing. You know, the the, the playoff runs. I like I like our formats. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I, don't, I personally love the the esports side of it. Yeah. Because it's so like different. Like there's yeah. so, um, like how the people feel and stuff. Like the other esports. Like I've watched a little bit of league and things like that. It feels mm-hmm. very stiff and like less. Not to say interesting, but like it's it's just more of like how people interact. It's more like ESPN Sports Center, right? You know, right? It's where it's homogenized, right? Everything's kind of predictable, and yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It's and it's kind of like everyone narrative. wears a suit and tie, and we're like, well, the they do the analysis and they talk like this, where they're like, well, you know, I really like this player and how they play this, you know, and they build it like this, and you know, it's very structured and strict and where esports on hero side is very fun and they get silly sometimes and they they all have their own quirks about them and things like that so it brings a different level of personality that you don't have in typical esports yeah and i think one of the reasons why maybe the hype cycles went down a little bit was because the last hero releases right and maybe you know um so we're gonna probably get 10 new heroes this year that was you know, we're expecting two more heroes to be announced at BlizzCon. So this year, the the grand total is ten. That's down five from the previous year. You know, I think last year uh, they had like fifteen releases because they were doing them on a three week cycle, right? And um, they did these like uh, reworks kind of sporadically. You know, this year they had this kind of like release a hero, do a set of reworks, release another hero, do a set of reworks, release a hero, do a set of reworks, have a pause. <laughs> you know, it's like. 
And so, I mean, people do like the cycles, you know, right. rather than heroes, right? They they like the predictable rhythms, and and I hope that Blizzard understands that and continues on with that, you know, not to make it, you know, totally predictable, but just to make it so people know what to expect, yes. you know. And then um, they also started doing this thing where they introduced like a new mount. Uh, so they release a hero, and then two weeks later they release a mount, and then two weeks later then they do a rework, and two weeks later a new hero. It's kind of like that kind of that rhythm there, and I think that's, that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm good with that. Um, but you know, part of the hype cycle in here is is the new hero releases, right? Absolutely. They, you know, and so I feel like because they stop releasing those new heroes, people you know on a predictable schedule, it kind of like I don't know when I should get excited. <laughs> kind of like. You know, people were expected to get excited every three weeks, you mm-hmm. know, but now they're like, well, is it every six weeks I get excited? You know, it's like, you know, and then, of course, it's like, OK, this hero. I mean, and I'll say, you know, well, of course, I'm sure we're going to do like a year in review. But I would say every hero that was released this year, the only hero I was like kind of like meh about was mm-hmm. Maya. But even now, I like her, you know, but, but at the time, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> it's like release. I was like, eh. it's, just, it's, it's like too overpowered. And I just didn't understand it. There's better heroes out there, but now yeah. I feel like every hero that was released this year, people people come, they'll always go on Reddit and say, "What heroes should I get?" Right? Yes. I would say get all the first generation heroes, the you know the Rainer, Diablo, the, all the ones that were released when the game was released. It's the, each one. There's like two two thousand gold, so just buy them all. <laughs> you know, right. get the free Jaina from someone who's got an extra card from like a. Yeah, there's Jaina codes out there like left and right because they were just giving away yeah. like candy. Same with Vala. I think you can probably get a Vala code. Pretty wow. Much. If you look at the last heroes, excluding Melganis, every one of them has become a meta hero. Exactly. Since, so you buy all since those, basically Hanzo, <laughs> which was last the last hero to come out of 2017. So basically you buy all those, the, the 2,000 gold heroes, and then you just buy every hero this year. Do you think that should be a thing they meta- should change? Gold pricing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think that it looks like, like the pricing. vast majority of heroes. Wow, actually. But heroes do go on sale. Since like 2016, almost all of them are still 10,000 gold, minus Gul'dan. Right. That's insane. Yeah, they definitely have to figure out a way to kind of change that a little bit and make it so. Well, there's two thought processes there, right? One. I think that the one thought process is if someone they don't want to incentivize it so that people create smurfs to the point that well yeah know, they don't want people to make new accounts to then feed their MR and B whatever right, right. I get that they do want to create kind of like a balance between you know smurfing and you know uh, <laughs> you know and legitimately having an account so right there's no that. I get I get that one hundred percent yeah and uh, with regards to like but like I said there's eight heroes that are two thousand gold. And then there's like another, what, 16 heroes that are probably like, you know, 6,000 gold. Yes. Or, or, you know, or four to six, four to 6,000 gold. So there's definitely a lot of heroes you can buy pretty cheaply. Um, and then if you get a stim pack or if you get the yearly stim pack, you know, you can definitely unlock those heroes pretty quickly. You can buy little bundles too. You know? um, but then, like you said, just buy the heroes from this year and you're meta. You know, they fit your play style, of course, but... Every hero that was released this year, in my opinion, has been great. And yeah. then all the original heroes were reworked this year, basically. Rainer, Diablo, Asmodan, 
you know, Lily, <laughs> Taronda. I know, mean, there's like, been a lot of reworks, and that's like I think part of what Heroes makes more fun is because reworking yeah. Heroes can have such a huge impact. Right. And like I said, those Heroes, you know, all rule cheap. Everything was reworked this year. Was the original Heroes or and these new Heroes that they put out all are impactful. You know, um, you know, I like but. Mephisto. I was like, kind of like, ah, what is this Mephisto? But then you play him and you see, way he can do a lot more. He does a ton of damage. You know, just if people, you know, he can do a ton of damage. You know, he can he can do Junkrat levels of damage, mm-hmm. and he does it into a large group of people. So, you know, remember, like we were talking earlier, like Junkrat, he's like a sleeper. He puts a ton of damage out there, especially yeah. late game. You know. And you know, he's, but he's a poke hero, right? So, I mean, he fits people's certain people's playstyles who are not really mechanical, you know, yeah. who are not you know, rich. So, I really feel, you know, that there's a hero out there for you, like you know, and um, then getting those heroes into people's hands, you know, finding ways right. to get it there and and make people excited. The loot box system is exciting for new players who don't have anything. I mean, it's like, of course, you get a loot box. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you know, hey, you got stuff, you know, and, you know, you get more stuff and you get, oh, look, you get shards that you can buy stuff with or create stuff with. So the only thing they don't have in the game is desharding or like, you know, like, like taking something and sharding it back, you know, like, yeah. You know, Say, like, you got something and you're like, well, I really don't care about this or I don't own this hero. Yeah. I'm going to just sell it anyways. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, like, my thing, too, is, like, I don't really have... Like, I, I kind of just collect shards after a point and then I wind up spending it on, like, banners or something like that after a while. Because <laughs> then cause I always forget about, like, I can buy skins with it or something because I'm like, well, this is only 400 and I can buy a whole bunch of it because I really want this thing for, like, some silly arbitrary whatever. But, like... Yeah, yeah. I think the things I spend the most money, uh, gold on, or or shards on, are Jeff like voice packs. Yeah, and mounts. And yeah. I don't know why. It's because I have more mounts than I can shake a stick at. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know why I keep buying mounts because I maybe use like five of like the hundred I have or whatever it is. But like, <laughs> yeah, Dude, spinning. Is- the spinning saw blade now from the the Mad Max. To yeah, I think we talked summer. about this it was one just last amazing. week. <laughs> Which is amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah. Now. Well, now <laughs> the Wonder Billy takes everything and makes it amazing. He's fabulous. Sorry, Wonder William. Now he's grown up. He's going through his teenage phase where he's <laughs> where he wants to be called by his grown up name. <laughs> I remember the first time I spent money on the Heroes of the Storm was to buy a bundle that had the uh, the unicorn with the rainbow. Yes, the rainbow the farting rainbows. <laughs> yes, I call I call him a bonnikin. It's mm-hmm. Pegasus worst that fart propels itself by farting. <laughs> it's an old school D and D reference. Yeah, that is super old. So. I don't even know it. I also <laughs> didn't play D and D until probably about a year ago. All right, so I think we beat that whatever that was to death because it totally transitioned four times. <laughs> Should we no, talk about? I have one more thing I want oh, to say. Okay. We we need to get a new game director. Oh yeah. They gotta it, it, I, they gotta announce the new game director. We don't the know you're doing. Has, no, and that Maybe. person has to have a, a vision of what they want to take this place. Well, that's definitely going to be taken over from at BlizzCon probably, right? That sounds like a BlizzCon yeah. thing. Like they're yeah. going to be Hopefully, some dude. Well, the game needs a director. I mean, and you know, it's got to be a director that's that's committed to the game who has a vision you know i mean do we, do we think the uh the old game directors because they both of them have now moved on to an uh, both an unannounced project yeah so is that the new diablo game 
Yeah, I think it's what people are hoping for. I think people are looking. They want to like. They want a Diablo game, and I think they want a battle right type. Like, the, if there's a PvP element in, in D, you know, D, yeah. Diablo three was supposed to have PvP, and I think it was supposed to be something like battle. Well, right. couldn't you? Yeah, here's the thing. Back up for a second, that because this brings us back into Heroes, because battle right could easily be implemented into Heroes of the Storm, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because you look at yeah. how battle right plays. I played a little bit of battle right when it was first announced, um, probably about a couple months ago now. And the way it works is really similar to, like, bare-bones kits of heroes, right? But then heroes can take it a step further because they have talent tiers, so you can do, like, three matches at, like, 10, 13, 16, or 10, 10 16, 20, right? Mm -hmm. To get your upgrades there. And, like, before you go in, you pick your loadout, right? So your loadout would just be your, your, your talents, and you could change it on the fly, like, at the beginning of a match, whatever. You know, you have, like, three different loadouts per hero you play. They could totally make that work. That's the match well, you know, let's talk engine, right? So right now we're on the StarCraft engine. Yeah. Um, that started probably in development around 2007. Holy cow. Yeah. You know, and then... That's it insane, release, actually. <laughs> and then it got released in 2010. Okay, so right. Um, this engine's eight years old, maybe maybe ten years old, and I don't know about you, but dog, ten, ten years in in any technology's dog is almost like your ancient dog years, right? Blizzard yeah. manages to make World of Warcraft run on a twenty-year engine, basically. <laughs> engine. Can you imagine? And, I, I bet those guys keep, on the software side are like, "Oh my god, dude, I can't stand this engine." Well, they keep adding elements to it, like the next update will actually take advantage of certain types of dual processors and graphics, you know, mm. so they keep kind of like kind of pushing it. Engine. Yeah. I think that a lot of people would, and Starcraft, I think if they were smart, they would look to adopt a new engine, build Diablo on it and then port heroes and Starcraft to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, or are derivative of it and yeah, also have some that. type of mobile and have some type of mobile connection. You know, it's like, you can't, I mean, it's got to have the engine has to have like an e an esports element to it, like you know, with regards to observers and you know uh, broadcasting and all kinds of stuff like that. It also needs to be able to handle the types of networks that you know, people run on, and it needs right. to be able to handle mobile. You know, so I think that's you know either they're going to just create a mobile platform and that's it, but I, I don't know if that's really feasible, or find a way to do the the bridge of the two. You know, and I think that that's, you know, that's where Battle Rate comes in, right? Battle Rate is both a PC but also mobile, right? Or there's a derivative of it that's mobile. I thought. Yeah, I completely so, agree. Um, look, you know, the, the Switch is running Diablo three now, so it's yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's still they can do it, right? It exists somehow, some way. Yeah. But. So, but the game director and I think the technology has to. They have to be committed to something, and if they don't, they're just going to get out maneuver. And I think yeah. another element of it, and this is where I'll close. I have so what was the the, the titles that have been released lately that are first person shooters do not have a story mode anymore. Overwatch, yes. what's it? Call of Duty Four. Call of Duty, the new one, didn't doesn't yeah. have it anymore. Right. Fortnite it basically doesn't have. I mean, it has a PVE mode, but it's really not yeah. the focus of the game game anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, basically the developers are just creating, well, they're basically creating sandboxes for people to create their own content based on how they play the game, right? Which is fine, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. against that. But there's an element of story, you know, that people do want. They want, right. there are people that just want to, they don't want to be facing against a bunch of other people. They want to play bots or they want to play against an environment. When I play Fortnite, I play against the environment. It just, it's fun to me. That's just how you when have play, fun. Yeah. Especially with my friends that are not triards or competitive, you know. So the lack of any PVE, you know, it does really, I think, it's either indicative of the of where the game industry is going, you know, just create the framework for beating the shit out of each other, you know. Right. Or, you know, but Blizzard seems like they're committed to telling a story now. So with Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> so maybe they can create an Yeah, I guess story. there's something. They haven't really said anything much on what that really is yet yeah. you know i mean they that's what those events are for you know to tell the story you know yeah. what, the questing events and all that kind of stuff so hopefully we get more of that you know yeah i agree yeah i'm, I'm curious where it's gonna go because they, they just, really mentioned much so just to reiterate so reddit you know, the Here's the Storm community on Reddit, we're, the moderators, we're going to be hosting a, a live panel, a live updates, um, a couple places. Uh, there's going to be some mods at BlizzCon on the floor, so they might be tweeting or using the live chat on um, Reddit. We have like a, for, a dedicated channel on Reddit where people will be contributing throughout the day, news and events that are going on. Um, I will also be participating on the uh, Heroes of the Storms uh, Discord server. I'll probably mm-hmm. be in one of the uh, channels. Maybe one, a couple of mods will drop, drop on by, and we'll just be chatting. You know, so during the uh, the events and such. So uh, feel free to stop by. Sweet. Um, you know, so definitely uh, Reddit will definitely be trying to uh, hype up the event as much as possible. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we address everyone's uh, wishes and that there's not a lot of disappointment this time. <laughs> uh, and that being said, you know, I mean, I am excited about this BlizzCon. It's my first BlizzCon being a, a member of, like, a community, not just, like, you know, a random guy who plays the game. You know? So yeah. it's going to be kind of fun. And, you know, I'm, and, I, I, and I've told you before, I've gone to two BlizzCons in person. They are events. For me, it, it's just traveling to the West Coast for two days. It's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but uh, maybe next year I might go because uh, maybe our podcast might be a little bit more mainstream. And, <laughs> I'd love to get a con before the storm and, and rub elbows with some of the other podcasters. Yeah, that'd be and, cool. Yeah. I got to so, make um, it to at least one. Yeah, yeah with any luck, I might actually be done with school by next May. So maybe I would be able to make it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can definitely get tickets. I think there's the, they, I, I, I had people offer me tickets. So oh, really? Like, you know, it's not hard to get a ticket. You can probably just show up to BlizzCon. Just make sure you have a hotel room. And right, just, yeah. Like on the day. There are people out there selling their tickets because their friends flake out at the last minute. So uh, that makes it's sense. It's not hard to get. It. But um, but uh, the only thing I've told you is that I, that disappointed me was the first BlizzCon I went to. I think it was in 2014. Everything was still on a main stage, right? So we were yeah. in the main stage area. But by 2015, they expanded, and by that time, they had three different stages. And the main stage was really dedicated to press. And some people, and basically, if you weren't part of the group crowd that was pushing your way through the door, and when the doors open, you weren't going to get a spot there. You know, so you were relegated to one of the other stages, yeah. watching it on TV. Now, I think they've done a better job as of this year or last year. They started to um, 
instead of having everything on the main stage, they have a portion on the main stage and like say with the Hearthstone stuff, they might be on the Hearthstone stage, the yeah. Heroes of the Storm stuff. They have an area for Heroes of the Storm. They'll be at that stage. So there might they might have done that. So that that wouldn't be so bad. I wouldn't mind that. But that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've nothing to add because I've never been. <laughs> it's a fun event, you know. It's yeah. definitely it's it's one of those things. You've been to Mecca. I the first time I went, I went with just my really was by myself with a couple of guildies, and I met all these new people. And then right. I joined their guild, and I, they're they're my friends. There's the ones I had to abandon to play here as the storm. And <laughs> the second year, my close friends, like my 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 my. One of my best friends actually went, and and a friend of mine, she went as well, and we were like it was like a, a it was a close group of friends, so it was like their chance to experience something we experienced the previous year. Yeah, and I and I got to meet people like Jayon and Brack, and you know those guys. <laughs> so it was like it was kind of cool. Yeah. But anyway, stop name dropping. Hmm. Let's move on. Uh, so there was some here's the storm uh, esports this past weekend. Um, Group stages, right? Group stages. And so we have two kind of posts going on on Reddit right now. Um, one, there was a, uh, an article on eSports Tales by an author by the name of Skulls or Vincio Millenia. I think he's Italian. Um, but he, he writes really well and he, he does really well in English too. So um, he wrote a really cool article that analyzed all the heroes that were picked um, and created like a tier list. Now I think he's he has a habit of creating tier lists, on you know just by himself, you know based on his you know observations. But he created one based on the current um, meta that was in Heroes of the Storm this past weekend. So um, basically, the tier one, the most popular hero was Maeve. You know, ninety eight percent pop, ninety eight point eight percent popularity, um, and, but with a fifty eight percent, fifty nine percent. They were picked 17 times and banned 65 times. So, you know, very popular hero. Tarande, also very popular, uh, 97.6% uh, with the 66 or 67% win rate. And then Genji. Now, somebody said that Genji was picked in every match. Uh, yeah. It was recently on Heroes. But once again, 94% popularity, 65% win rate. Um, Diablo, old school, one of the original heroes. 88% popularity, 35% win rate. Deckard, 74% popularity, 45% win rate. And then Garrosh, 73. These are all the top, the tier A heroes. Yeah. So Then he does that little spider maps where he kind of ex- picks which heroes were effective on which maps, which was this, which is very telling. Like, it's um, valuable, you know, but others, I think it's a little... Well, yeah, maybe it's because... So he says that... We, maybe it's the results are skewed, right? Because he's saying like, uh, like looking at Maev, the were picked looks like four times on um, Volkskaya Foundry, but had a like a twenty between a around a forty five percent win rate mm-hmm. or below. Well, he he says fifty, I guess, where that's the number. Whereas like Sky Temple, Infernal Shrines, and Dragonshire, they were picked one or two times and had a hundred percent win rate. So maybe there's not enough data to like uh, base an answer on. Yeah. <laughs> But it is kind of interesting to see where they were effective. Genji effective like on uh, Battlefield, Volkskaya, Towers of Doom, and Human Spider Queen. Not as effective on Sky Temple or Curse Hollow. But that's just in the HGC maps. Yeah. 
Hmm. Then he grins on the tier two heroes, which was my, my uh, Medivh, Blaze, Rainer, Urel, Hanzo, and Anubrak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I liked. What I was kind of my. I don't know. You watched it just as much as I did. It seemed like the comps were old school comps, right? Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of shifting in what you would have expected in comps, except for Heroes Hearth. They had right. the most interesting comps I saw. But in general, like Korea and EU, they stuck to their normal guns, you know, Blaze, Yorel, Diablo, Johanna, Muradin, like... And, I mean, that could be the group stages being what it is, right? You know, they're not going yeah, to show they anything. Don't sh- yeah, they don't want to show a lot. They want to just get their position and then, you know, from there just go... You know, and and I think just- Heroes Hearth doesn't have anything to lose by showing either. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're just sending a message. At one point, they were running new support. Yeah, Abathur, they did the right? solo support <laughs> Abathur. They did solo support Abathur, Leeming, Anubarak, Zeratul Illidan on Towers of Doom. That took guts. And they did it against Tepes on top of that. So no easy comp or no easy team to beat with it, too. And I'm like, dang. Like, though, seeing that kind of play, man, that's what I like. That's what makes me love this game as much. Because it's like... You know, we, we play it on one level, but then you see them play it on their own level. And, like, they did this thing. Um, it was toward the bottom side. And they, the Heroes Hearth was left side. And Tempest was trying to fight on the bottom shrine. And they did this crazy wraparound where they cloned Zeratul. Zeratul VPs to Ronda. Anubarak cocooned another one. And they, like, blew up the tank with, like, double lockdown. Like, it was just insane. Yeah. And I was like, that is so next level. You know, that execution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. You know, it's like they're, they're bringing in this kind of meta that they, they feel they isolate and blow up. Yeah. Know, which like, is... Yeah. It's so less, and, it's less skirmishy than other teams, right? So it's like the EU meta, which is what I watch most of the time because that's just when mm-hmm. I'm, like, not doing stuff, like... I usually watch while I'm, like, at work. I podcast it, basically. Like, have it on my phone. I'm rocking around doing shit. Um, and so I, I really know the EU meta, which is really safe. And I wouldn't say it's boring, but it's really, like, you know, it, it uses the Blaze, the Urel, the Phoenix, the Rainer. Like, it's not flashy, so to speak. You know, it doesn't have... It has high execution on the on the highest end, but it's not, like, one of those things... I guess. I don't really know how to describe it. Well, it's a stable. It's very... Yeah, there you go. Stable. It's stable. (laughs) And I think that's the thing is North America probably feels they have to uh, bring something to the table that's not being seen. You know, I think... I mean, I agree. Because either you you rise up to the challenge and execute with the same things that EU and Korea does, or you don't. Right. But more importantly, that maybe this is something that the other team's not prepared for. Yeah. And so yeah, because it was so outside on the left wing or whatever, they're going to be right. like, I have no, I've never played against this crazy solo support double, like all aggression, all in. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, if they get the right pick at the right time, or they cat, you know, that's mm-hmm. you know, all it takes is one or two picks, and then they, right. then that. The only thing I'll say is it seems like Heroes Hearth always plays on their back foot in the beginning of the match. It's like they're playing on their they back. They have like a warm-up period almost, right? Yeah. And then they, they kind of burst out. You know? mm-hmm. So and they, um, I think sometimes that's the only thing I, I, 
I don't like about their play, but yeah. um, it was one of the things like when, I did the one style. Like, you remember, um, what was it? Uh, Gale Force. Gale Force always played macro. You know, the, the in the beginning of season, well, season two, season, well, this is season four, right? So season three, yeah. beginning of season three, they were playing this very macro style uh, game and they were avoiding team fights or were not taking team fights very much and they were winning, mm-hmm. you know, and then the meta shifted on, you know, yeah. they, they, they changed the heroes. And I think right now um, the... The meta itself, like you said, the soul lane is a little bit stale, you know. So you're not going to get any. The soul, you're not going to win the game by like dominating the soul lane. Right. That's <laughs> just going to the soul lane doesn't factor in. So you have to find a way to create those imbalances in the four stack or in the rotations between yeah. uh, two lanes um, to you know to get that to get that pick um, and or to get that surprise uh, approach. And I think that's what they're working on. You know? Yeah. Like bring like you know just like. Uh, was a new tomorrow bringing in the Zul tank. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, the whole Zul craziness. I was really scared of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, when not not in the sense that it's not, like not innovative or anything, but scared in the sense that, oh no, if people watch this who are not like well versed in anything, are gonna be like, oh my god, Zul's a main tank now. I'm gonna start picking Zul in my games, like like that thing, is what scared me. And I was like, please don't be a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, to make it a thing, you have to have a, like a Tarande, you know, to I mean, keep them armored. You need a double support, period. Yeah, yeah. You need things giving uh, Zul armor, and then yeah. Zul just, you know, does what he does. He, he can be a tank because he can lock someone down and he can engage them. So it's like, you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, so, yeah. But it was great because then people started seeing Zul differently which was good. Not just push lanes, but, you know, actually engage team fights. I would actually kind of enjoy if he did become a a tank. He needs some shifting in things. He'd be a bruiser, you know, I think. Well, you need to add, like, a soft CC to his Q or something and, like, do do something like that. Because I think he could. He for sure could. I think a lot of people complain about him because they feel like his abilities are dodgeable. You know, you can dodge the Q. I'm like... Yeah, you say that. You can that, dodge a lot of a things. Yeah. <laughs> you can dodge a murder in Thornbolt too. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I don't know though. There's be a better player. I, I don't know. I don't know, but when these cues go, when he goes Q build, you know, and he gets all the 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 talents, and then gets the personally like the just healing. Build. Yeah, I know a lot of people do. But I like the Q build for some reason because I just think he's he can basically shut people down and make them not take healing. He's yeah. like at level twenty. Not getting healed is a death sentence. Yeah. Plus, when you're locked down. Um, but, but the one thing I, like, I want to say about this article that was really cool is that you know basically whenever I read Master League, you know it's a lot of clicking. You yes. know here he just does a nice couple tables, you know summary tables, and at the end he kind of he does the summaries like the the top tens like for the most first band heroes where we see Maev, Genji, Medivh, Tarande, you know leading the pack of being banned first. Uh, then he kind of breaks down which the most placed, most played heroes, Urel, Blaze, Diablo, Anubarak, Dehaka, mm-hmm. Assassins being Raynor, Hanzo, Fleming, Phoenix, Malthiel, Genji, you know. So this is a really helpful, I think this is helpful for any type of player who might be saying, well, what can my hero pool be? You know, maybe if I start practicing these heroes, uh, you know, I'm in the current meta. 
and yeah. not have to go clicking all over you know God's creation on mass really to get this information. Um, this and then the supports, you know, Deckard, Tarande, White Mane, these are you know, Malfurion. These are your core supports. So if you're looking to kind of improve on or carry with supports, these are the ones you yeah. might be focusing on. Where um, the Malfurion's coming back? Yeah. And I think this is more of an HTC thing. Um, yeah. I definitely think in our in our league, you know, in our leagues, you know, Lili's, um, you know, Morales are, are also making uh, a name for themselves. Anna's, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, there's the heroes that never got drafted at all. Artanis, your favorite. Ariel. You <laughs> mean my least favorite? <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's telling, you know, there was a time when Falstead was, you know, an HCC. I mean, don't but, you remember the Gus combos back in the day? Yeah. BlizzCon yeah. 2016 so and stuff like that? So, like, out of this non drafted heroes, what, do you think any of these heroes are going to make the, the final stages? Hmm, that is a very good question. My feeling is Falstead had might have an ability to do it. Yeah, I mean, usually the global comes into play at some point. Like, mm-hmm. almost always, right? Mm-hmm. Ariel does not fit the meta anymore since her changes and everything like that. It's really outside of her comfort zone. Kind of, you know? Nazebo, <laughs> ever since they changed Vile Infection, he's been garbage, more or less. Yeah, especially well, everything in here is you guys you gotta spike the level twenty to kinda you know. Yeah. Chogol is just too Well, it's Chogol. Yeah, it's just too pocket. If you cornered the team and somehow had a strat to make it work, then it would make they I mean, if you pick Chogol then you're putting Morales and Ariel on your list of options. Yeah. Um Chen, maybe, if they want to do, like, the Juice Pirates thing, but I doubt it, realistically, like, not something you would expect to see too much. I think out of these heroes, if you're going to see anyone get played... Um, maybe a Butcher. It's going to be false. Eh, yeah, maybe. Genji might pick it out if Richmond feels like carrying one game. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, maybe it's just, just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just for fan service. I mean, honestly, though, looking at this list, that's not a huge amount of heroes that were not picked. No, I mean that's that was a like seventeen heroes, um, yeah. and pretty but good. it's funny is that, but out of this, it's like it's funny because these are all heroes you see every day on Hero League. You see Nazebo yeah. in almost every game, especially right? in Hero League. He's like, picked yeah. even more. Yeah, you see a butcher. You know, probably one out of every. Well, definitely you see him a lot in quick match, but you see him quite often. Yeah, Lenora is picked picked on like Towers of Doom. And then, come on, and then Asmodan almost on every map now. It's he's like you know, he's either he's picked or he's banned. So it's like it's just funny that the you know, I know and not I can't stand Asmodan. Yeah, he's just like I get it, but he's like it's either he's like good or he's just kind of meh. You know, but it was just you know the, the, the great thing about this is I became aware of another site you know that yeah. has. Another site doing stuff. That's, yeah, so that was cool. That's what I liked about it. But I just like the fact he summarized Master League and the results. That's pretty in neat. A, in a very digestible form. form yeah, it's there's not a lot to it either. Like they really, um, it's short, sweet, and to the point. Basically, you know, show not tell is yes. is, is the golden rule in writing, right? And I think he does a good job of getting it there for people. 
And then uh, Lahorn, one of our mods, he, he loves the HTC. I was helping him this weekend put in the results for some of the matches. Oh, nice. um, he's got it all like set up with an um, automated uh, framework. And so basically, oh, really? all we have to do is enter. The, yeah, so all we do is enter the, like the results. Like it's important to get like uh, the the the, the map bands and then the, who's picking which maps. Yeah, I saw Critic and, Kidding complaining about because oh, that's one thing I just thought about. Continue your thought first, but I'll I'll, I'll continue. So anyway, we do that and then we automatically post on Reddit. You know, so that's how you can get and we post a spoiler tag so you're not getting spoiled. But um, I think the one of the biggest problems this weekend was there was not a lot of coverage on the B stage, right? So if you weren't on yep, the, the that's B exactly stage, what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um, I really found that unfortunate because there's definitely enough casters for Heroes of Storm mm-hmm. that are not, you know, in a studio audience. But I mean, the B stage was totally not like it had no coverage, right? So like they right. could have just skype somebody in or whatever they needed to do to just have some color commentary to make it more fun to watch. Because, like, I would have watched more because, like, some of the teams in, on A-Stage I didn't really care about. So I was like, well, I'd rather watch, like, you know, uh, yeah, my other just, team. Yeah, it just didn't make sense, you know, to me. I mean, this is, you know, and I get it. Maybe it's not BlizzCon. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are also just critical of the fact there's no loser's bracket, you know. It seems like the midseason brawls, you know, and, you know, whatever you want to call them, have more, they're more competitive, right? Mm-hmm. The more matches, there's a loser's bracket. It feels like BlizzCon's kind of rushed. And there's know? more competitive teams, if you think about yeah. it. Because, yeah. like, that was the one thing I really got away from, like, Credit Kid, too, is, like, they're, like, these minor league teams or minor region teams really don't provide much for, like, other than just match points for, you know. Yeah. My, the only one that made it was China. You know, and that, yeah. if you consider China a minor region, so which I want, really right? don't. I mean, yes, if you think about their their structure and esports and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're a minor region technically, but like they're you know they're not. Right. Because of the way that they can play games and things like that. And then of course there's the controversy where Trixler and Caldor are not casting the grand finals. Wait, so really? That seems to be causing. Hmm. Yeah. So, so that seems like Trickster, you know, they basically, you know, I think they're considered the duo, the, the, the one everyone loves. I mean, but they're obviously, my favorites. Yeah, but obviously it looks like North America wins, and they're going to, I think it's going to be Gilly and, uh, um, and J-How or J-How and... Uh, um, Not going to lie, and I totally respect this, but verbal ticks from Gilly can be next level sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and it's no knock on her, because I guarantee you she spends a lot of time trying to get rid of it because i now that i do all this stuff too i get mm-hmm. it i know how hard it is but there's just some of it sometimes it's just like i know people are pretty mean to her too which is drives me insane but I don't get it. like she has worked her ass off to get yeah. to where she's at i mean she oh, yeah. was casting my you know middle of the night chinese matches with was it um the guy from uh zola really right? damn that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, like four years ago. She was hustling. She earned her spot, and yeah. she's done. It. She does her own work, and she's diversified, right? She does. Uh, oh, she does a lot of things. Rock, uh, Rocket League is half this yeah, season. Yeah. So I mean, she's not. You know, I mean, she's diversified. She's interesting. She she's the most colorful person I've ever seen. Like she she has a different outfit almost every time. And, <laughs> and she's but it's unique. A right? Brightwick fan and she too. Plays, 
and, and she plays the game, right? Yeah. She's not just someone that... Another person I thought was really good as a caster was Vandy. You know, when she did the mid-season brawl. Oh, yeah. She yeah, I thought that was, she was good. She did a great job. I mean, that, it's cool, too. Like, when you see people from minor regions like that, like... Um, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, Skimmy. Oh, oh, Skimmy. Yeah. Like, yeah. when he came in and, like, that kind of stuff. Like, that was really cool, like, to, to see that, like... And you know what's interesting is like even Michael Udall when he was on the caster's desk. You That's know, one like, thing I was, was going to bring up. Good. Like having that analysis person. That yeah. would be cool. And yeah, I was a little concerned about Udall because he was going through a lot early, uh, you know, early yeah. this year. Yeah. So I was like, well, either he's going to, he's going to, he's either going to be unfocused or focused. And he came in and he was sharp. He was like on point. He was funny, but he was also very yeah because he because you know, he retired and then like his team fell apart and yeah. kind of had to come back to save their spot. Yeah, I mean, I think he did an amazing job. You know, yeah. and I mean, you know, uh, you know, all the drama he had around his team and yeah. you know the ownership issues and stuff. You know, I mean, you know, and hopefully, you know, ne- hopefully his team will continue next year. I mean, they're you know they didn't go into the crucible, so they're they should be back next year. He's um, in, they're endemic now, right? Just a, right. Yeah, okay. Just but, wanted to make sure. You know, <laughs> he's one of those people that's like on the fence, right? He, he's looking, you can tell by his Twitter and stuff, he's looking to do other things, branch out. Right. But now he's an owner, so maybe he will, you know, I don't know. It's one of those. But uh, yeah, but I think the biggest challenge this week, this week coming up, is the fact there's no loser's bracket. There's always been a loser's bracket. Kind of like, you know, you fall out and you go yeah. on a loser's bracket. No loser's bracket. Basically, you win to go forward. And if you lose, you don't go forward. So there could be some upsets. You know, I mean, it, you know, like if Genji has a bad series and all of a sudden the one goes, well, yeah. that just topples everything. You know, I mean, this is, you know, <laughs> that's not going <laughs> to happen. I mean, the probability of it happening is, you know, very slight. But, you know, if it does happen, it happens, right? Um, you know. Yeah. And the, the so on Friday they're going to be best of three matches, which is also a contention. I mean the the elimination is you know best of three, and then mm-hmm. the semifinals and the grand finals are best of fives. Which yeah. I'm okay with best of five. I mean I like best, best of fives. I mean is best of seven really going to? I mean it creates more drama. Maybe the finals should be a best of seven, but generally speaking, if you're on a win streak, it's like <laughs> you're pretty much yeah. on a win streak. So. Hmm. So, um, and then Dignit House is going up against Tempo Storms. So yeah. Right there, you know, it could be Friday, Tempo Storms in or out. You know, it's like. It yeah, really I didn't really follow too much of Tempo. They didn't look good. No. You know, I, I think the, the team that impressed me the most was Team Liquid. They seemed to yeah, just. Yeah, that surprised me. And Sport Billy, he, he has huge props. Yeah. Like his tank play is pretty next level right now. Yeah, and probably I the. Go ahead. No, they're peaking. You know, it's like yeah. they were peaking. I mean, for them to like, I Team Liquid was my first team that I like, was like a fan of them like since mm-hmm. the beginning. So like, Hasu is like one of my favorite players for some reason. Like seeing him play like, Abathur and things like that, he's always had like his own meta. He's kind of like ADRD a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's always been fun to see their them their team like perform. Because they've always been like this team that is, you know, next level, like top tier, right? Right. But whenever it came, I don't know if it's chokings per se, but it's like 
when it came time for them to prove it and get to the next point, you know, it, it they just fell off for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's anxiety, pressure, whatever you want to call it. It was just, it was always disappointing because you're like, man, I know you guys could do it too. Like, <laughs> that's just my thing. Yeah. So, you know, Genji, the one, you know, obviously Genji is going to be favorite and just going to probably. Is the one going to be the one? You know, I yeah, had to do it. I mean, I'm it's, sorry. It's, I'm it, so sorry. <laughs> I mean, the question is, is it like football any given Sunday, right? Can the one, what can the one do to beat Kenji? And the answer is, I do not know. There's no. Yeah, I mean, I, I also yeah. hate their name because I always want to, I always think of Genji. Yeah, but like it's, Genji. It's, yeah. It, it's supposed to be Generation Gamer, right? Isn't that what right. it's supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, Heroes Hearth versus Team Liquid, you know. Okay. Obviously, yeah, my heart is going to Heroes Hearth. I want you know, Heroes Hearth to win, but I want both of them to win. The heart is Heroes Hearth, but my mind says Team Liquid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The same goes with Team Dig versus Tempo. You know, I, my I, heart I, says I, Team. Per- <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, I, I want Dig. I want Dig to win there. Well, my heart says tempo, but mm. my mind says to, you know dig. Yeah. And miracle versus tempest, I think they're just gonna blow each other up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's, it's just, crazy to yeah. me that miracle looks better. Yeah, you and know, tempest is the one that you know has won the HGC. Yeah, and and miracle is usually the been they used well they used to be MVP miracle when it was right. uh, MVP well, they both black. Won, yeah. yeah, they both won it right. And it, or is Miracle Genji like they were like MVP and MVP they're the Black MVP or, sister teams, the super teams. Yeah. Well, all of those won they won press championships, you know. So it's like, like I said, they're going to blow each other up. Basically. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I, I mean, that's always that's always good, right? Because the the knockout yeah. matches against regions like that is 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 good for the other regions and mostly for uh, NA really. I mean, it's cool that Eddie didn't get knocked out yet, right? Right. But the one thing I will say is either Dig or Tempest Storm can beat Miracle Tempest. I mean, so I, you know, yeah, I definitely think the winner out of out of the third bracket is going to go to the finals. You know, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the you know, obviously, I think Genji is just going to walk through the <laughs> third bracket and go to the finals. But you know, I think the, the team that has the best chance of beating them is Team Liquid. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 but I hope Heroes, you know, obviously my heart's out the Heroes' heart. They're a right. great team. Um, but they had, you know, adversity. They lost a key member this year, you know, and that, that, that's. Both of their teams here. did. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because. Well, well, Tempo and Heroes' heart, I don't know. Yeah. Like, did Liquid lose it? No, Liquid didn't. I'm, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking A. It's my bad. Yeah. Tempo surrounded it. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, Dig has been together so many times. They're the longest and, team yeah. running. And then the biggest absence here is Fnatic, Fnatic right? You know, it's just yeah. Fnatic not being here it just feels wrong. It <laughs> feels so empty without Fnatic, right? Yeah. I mean, like you're just so used to Fnatic getting there and they could easily have been here. Like if you were to think, that's why I think about the minor regions. It's like if you think about the, what is it? It was top three of each region minus the ones that lost um, mid-season brawl, right? Right. 
So if you think about that, right? And say they added one more team from the two major regions again. You would have had so much more intense, like, matches in the group stages, right? Like, it... Right. So it's just kind of disappointing if Tim, for me to think about it. Like, I'm seeing what the t- other teams were, but everything's updated to HGC stuff. So I are to BlizzCon things, so I can't find <laughs> the teams because I don't remember who what the schedule was. But it would've, oh, it would have been probably Team Freedom for number three. Mm-hmm. So well, like, Team Freedom made that great run, right? You know, yeah, they exactly. Great run in the playoffs, they could have been here. But yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like Team Freedom could have been here. Method or Team Fnatic could have been there. Been here. Like Team Freedom was one team fight away from being here you know they had all the forts team yeah. freedom could have been here and tempest storm could have been watching it from now right and plus team freedom's going to those teams they were kind of like leftovers at the mid-season ball where some something about being at a land event makes them better mm-hmm. you know and having those teams that get energized like that make everything about what blizzcon and esports in person like this you know mm-hmm. on stage presence of it that much more exciting you know mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we live for, right? These crazy games where it just goes balls to the wall. Yeah. You I know? mean, well, like I said, the playoffs were just, you know, they were amazing. You know, the playoffs, you know, well, I wouldn't say they were, they were really good. They were just not good. amazing. They, they were, were, they were really, really competitive. Yeah, they, were, they were better than the entire season, basically. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Minus the, the mid-season entire. brawl with, like, Dignitas and the crazy comebacks. Well, yeah. Stuff like that. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. The leading up to that was, it was just good, really good, fun to watch, good comps. You know, just you know, mm-hmm. and on the edge of your seat. It was just like you know, it was good stuff, well casted. You know, yeah. Um, so, uh, just if you're looking to figure out what time you're going to watch these matches, Friday the matches start at uh, three p.m. Eastern Standard oh, Time. Three p.m. I was thinking Pacific. it was going to be noon. Well, for you, it's like, uh, uh, which you're an hour behind me, so it would be like um, 2 p.m. for you. Yeah. And then on Sunday, the uh, or Saturday, the matches will start at 12.30 Eastern Daylight Time, which is 9.30 Pacific. So yep. 11.30 for you <laughs> uh, in the central region. Um, the final stage is the group stages. Uh, Genji led the, their group A stage with 13 points. Dig led theirs with 15 points so Whoa. i guess they had a few they had a few more three o's yeah than, uh, genji so, which means um, that it is one two one uh two oh you get a bonus right. you get a bonus point for winning both right and then um miracle was second on the, in that group then team liquid then tempo so it's interesting is that genji miracle team liquid tempo they all made then btg and lunar meow uh Got Lunar Meow just got no points <laughs> at all. Yeah, BTG yeah. managed to get three. Um, on the Group B stage, it was Mind Freak got no points, and Leftovers got four. I think the Leftovers. I didn't watch uh, any of their games, but it makes me sad that they didn't perform. Yeah, I think they just you know, they just took some risks and it didn't pay off. You know, oh, okay. That's the best way to describe it. So it's like yeah, if it would have like, worked, they would have been geniuses. But if it, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. So that's why you see the one kind of, you know, the one only made it to the final um, finals by two points. So, wow. <laughs> you know, and Tempest Storm only made it by three, you know, so it's like, you know, it could have been BTG going into the fourth spot. If, if they Tempo lose one more match stay. or whatever, or lost the tiebreaker to each other or whatever yeah. that, well, whatever the, the standings were. And when wow. I say Team Liquid kind of 
It was the second. It was on the third day is where they kind of like turned their their matches around and started mm-hmm. like gelling them better. So yeah, it seems so like there might be like a warm up period, right? Because people are coming from all yeah. over the world, kind of thing. And exactly, yeah. I mean, land events are land events. You know, right. You're not playing in the comfort of your own home. You're paying. You're in a new you place. Know. You're probably sleeping in a hotel. You're got more people around you because you're probably hanging out with more people. Whatever, like yeah. So the one thing I like to say about land events, so I've been to StarCraft land events, and to me, they are fun. You know, right. they are the best way to experience esports. Um, uh, one of the best ways. Now, um, the problem is the logistics, right? You know, having to get, you know, go someplace, you know. I, <clears throat> I get it that it's hard, but I think that Blizzard needs to have more North America land events. And one of the things you know about the Overwatch League right now, all of the matches are played in Los Angeles in the Blizzard Studios, right? Mm. Um, what I've been reading is that the new expansions. So this year alone, they're going to do the same thing where they go to the Blizzard Studios in Los Angeles and cast from there. Mm-hmm. But in the next season after this, most of these teams are supposed to have esports arenas in their Whoa. home area, Whoa. and so you will be able to go to like. So who's going to pay for that? The, the well the the, the team <laughs> they, they will host their own Whoa. esports arena and then you'll see teams well yes yeah if they're pushing everyone to have an org that makes sense then and well considering the amount of money they're putting into this you know it's millions of dollars you know, right yeah yeah so I mean like, how much does it cost for them to stream all of this content you know how many weekends in a row I don't not know. to counting but events it, and this goes back to what we discussed earlier this year well in previous podcast that you know the sports and the the economy of sports. It's not so much that these teams are going to make all their money here, but they're going to make it through influence, through their branding, through the selling of the video game. Their own sponsors that they have, whatever. Right. And diversification. You know, I mean, these arenas, these esports arenas, just like the one about the 49ers, the stadium itself becomes a, a way to generate revenue. I'm hopeful that maybe next year when Overwatch does their thing, heroes can also bar into that, right? You know, where they can yeah. have these region, like these land events. Or more importantly, um, maybe the whole uh, Heroes of the Dorm thing, you know? Yeah. Like in my, my region alone, there's like eight colleges participating in Heroes of the Dorm. Why can't That's they go awesome. to one of the colleges? Yeah, why can't they go to one of the college campuses and have all those matches there? You know, it's like, you know, especially more like towards the finals. You know, maybe the 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 qualifiers you can do land, you can do over the network and stuff. Yeah, and this is one of the things prismaticism is really vocal about, and he gets shut down a lot. Um, he feels like when he's Midwest and playing against the Blizzard servers on the West, he's got higher ping. Yeah, I saw him post a tweet about that. Yeah. And then he says that's why a lot of the teams um, – well, I think a lot of the teams are relocating to Chicago really? or Central. Yeah, it was something like they're they're trying to get closer to the Central. And then even Udall said, you know, his ping between um, Central and uh, Los Angeles from Utah, where his new location, is the same. So it's to him he feels like he's in the sweet spot. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I would yeah. never have thought of that. Yeah. But, you know, and so I'm not – you know, obviously you and I, we don't know. I, I just I region lock my client to central. I'm you know, central, I'm so I, I got like 46 mm-hmm. ping. I ain't got nothing. Yeah, but you you do you region lock your client to just go central? Because yeah, I have a set central. I did have issues with ping. West coast. 
Yeah. No, I don't know what it was said before. I would get really weird, like, random stuttery lag. Yeah, because you're, like, going probably to Timbuktu or something. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I I switched to Central and I haven't had any issues since. But, yeah, it is one of those weird things that you kind of have to pay attention to. Europe only has one server. How do they do it? (laughs) How do they do that? I mean, I guess everything's a little bit closer over there, but that's still kind of crazy. So, like I said, you know, I'm hopeful that maybe there will be a few more LAN events in the future. Yeah, that'd be cool. If, 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 if I'm hopeful there's a HTC Season 5, I think I mean, there will be. they are partnered with Twitch, so Twitch could always set something up, right? Sure. Technically. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, cool. more, trying to have some more LAN events. I get it yeah. that it's easier to do it online, but, you know... Just try to have a few more. You know, yeah, but if you got a community do. developing, right? Like, you get people involved, they're going to okay. love the hell out of that, you know? Like, people get into it. When when they get to put pe- other people in front of them and they're making relationships with people, right? Yeah. And there's, like, in Vancouver, there's a meetup to watch the BlizzCon, you know, yeah. HTC Finals. I thought that was cool. I mean, I wish... I wish we were doing something in this region, but, you know, I'm obviously kind of working it. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, you know, but I would love to go to, like, yeah, I mean, BlizzCon. I'm, I'm probably going to be listening to one of my friends myself. We, like, I, I'll be at work, whatever, but we're going to, like, Discord and, like, basically watch it at the computer, but together, you know? <laughs> it was like StarCraft. Like a little know? thing. It, it was like StarCraft, you know, when the first season of StarCraft, you know, when the game was released, I was watching it. You know, we were watching LAN events and stuff on the precursor to Twitch, whatever that was, you know, uh, Justin TV. Justin TV, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We would just watch these weird LAN events and bizarre things. And, you know, the matches were, you know, amazing. The You know, it was just they were pretty well casted. And, you know, I had a group of friends that we only played, you know, PvE uh, StarCraft, but we got into watching the matches and seeing the different matchups. It's a different game, you know. And like I said, I've gone to, like, Red Bull had... Um, the Red Bull Invitationals. So um, I want, they were like, what happened was the BlizzCon winners after BlizzCon, it was sort of like um, what's the Gold Club for China. Okay. So what, what Red Bull would do is they'd have a, they would have a regional event three times a year. And then after BlizzCon, they would have an Invitational. And the Blizz, the, the, um, the, the events throughout the, the year counted towards WCS points or whatever. Um, but they were major events sponsored by uh, Red Bull, like a, like a local venue. Mm-hmm. So there were two in D.C., Washington, D.C. I went to. I met, I got to meet, like, Polk and all those guys. And oh, wow. Scarlet. Yeah. And then they, they, the ones that were the Invitational, the year-end the year Invitational, uh, were in New York City. One was in New York. And, yeah, but, well, yeah, one was – so the one was in New York, and that was the Invitational, and then the other one was in D.C. So – but going to New York, I was there when Scarlet versus Bomber, the the, the famous match where Scarlet, you know, rope dopes Bomber into overcommitting his Marines into a, a bailing um, uh, thing. I was there, and it was just amazing. And then um, when they were in D.C., I got to meet people like Gilly. She was a big StarCraft follower at that time. I mean, almost all to... those people were used to be, like, huge yeah. StarCraft people. Day 9, you know, I got yeah, to meet him. Yeah. Got, you know, so it was like... So, yeah, I mean, meeting the personalities, I think, you know, if, if I lived in Los Angeles, it would be great, of course. I'd be like, you know, have no complaints, but I'm not in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. not everybody can also live in Los Angeles, too, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it would I mean, be crazy yeah, if that was the case. Great. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, have an East Coast, have a Central. I mean, Chicago, New York, 
I mean, yeah. I grew up in New York. I mean, Chicago. you could have like an esports thing, like Blizzard arenas, right? Yeah. Something like that, in yeah. all these like areas. And just have it, you know. Just it's a fan service, you know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, if, especially if Blizzard wants to embrace this era of esports that it's trying to usher into the world, right? Yeah. Like I mean, I don't. I get it. It's going to be expensive, but that's where you get partners, you know, like Red Bull and that stuff. And you know what's interesting is in 2018, you know, when they made the announcements, um, I think like around Tucker Keen, they announced this major partnership with Red Bull. But mm-hmm. after that, after that announcement, they were saying we're, we're all of our content's going to be released. Like Red Bull's going to be covering it exclusively. Right? Huh. Yeah, I've so, seen some posts before with like Red Bull esports, I believe, on Twitter. Right. It was two articles they posted. After that, nothing. <laughs> it's like really. Okay. What does a partnership mean? <laughs> it's like, huh? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe they just felt like, well, you know, the game's not as popular as League of Legends, and you know, we use this word partner like we use, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. But to me, it was like, I was like, well, if Red Bull's partnering with them, maybe there's a chance for right. an invitation. Or maybe, like, maybe yeah. there's something that's going on. Like, they might put something together to make it go somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, hmm. that was pretty much the HEC. I'm definitely looking forward to this week's, this weekend's matches to crown the next BlizzCon champion. I'm looking forward to my new mount. I did, you know, cheer my 100 bits or whatever, so I have, I'm eligible for the mount. Um, I I didn't cheer enough. I didn't cheer in phase two, so I didn't get the mount for phase two. So oh, yeah, really? by the way, I cheered make sure you, a little bit. Yeah, I got the phase one stuff, but I didn't get the phase two stuff. I was like, oh, that's weird. I spent a lot of money on this, and I didn't get phase two. Lame. Lame. Got to keep up on top so of it. Just just spend your five hundred bits to get it. You know, yeah. or whatever the minimum was. So there was a balance patch released today. It was released yes. kind of late. Very late, because I saw funny. uh KSOS he was asking people, it's like, is there gonna be a balance patch today? And then like Well, you know why he's invested in that because he's the one who posted the schedule saying there was gonna be one today. <laughs> so Well yeah. yeah. He was doing he did his little tea leave thing. Well, this is what you should expect the next six eight weeks, right? So, right, yeah. And I checked at one o'clock and I was like, nothing. I was like, Me too. Oh, That's exactly what I checked. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, I guess they're not doing one this uh, before BlizzCon. I mean, maybe they just. And then, so they didn't release the actual notes. And of course, they were all jacked up. You know? so, like, oh, were they? Like, I didn't. Yeah, there was formatting errors all over the place. So, mm. so then they was released rushing. them. They're in, Bl- they're in BlizzCon mode right now. Yeah. You know? But anyway, you know, true to their word, they did, you know, buff a few heroes and nerf a few heroes. So, um, the leading off uh, with the. Uh, the, uh, the leading off the list was Falstad, and he got a cooldown increase on his flight, his E, from 60 to 75 seconds. Uh, and, this, and they also uh, increased the time on the level 20 epic mount from, thir- from 30 seconds to 40 seconds. And the speculation is because Blizzard has some plans for mobility, you know, mobility and mounting. This is why they uh, made this change now. Um, a lot of people feel that this change to Falstad, basically, because they're not buffing, I think it was, um, I was listening to Not Paradox go over the patch notes, and he's mm-hmm. he's basically saying that, you know, right now, Falstad doesn't bring much damage, as much damage to the table as other assassins right now. So he's, this, he's, he's, he's basically speculating that there should be some buffs to his, dam- his Q and his W, you know, huh. as a result. 
That's interesting. Well, he's just – it's like he's underpowered right now. Yeah. So. I mean he's super squash realistically. I, right. I can and see so they, them doing uh, the baseline shield talent to damage on W. Right. So he needs some buffs to kind of counteract this. So maybe yeah. in like two weeks or four weeks they'll they'll add some – once they release all this stuff, they'll release uh, maybe some buffs. On some. He did get a few buffs earlier – this earlier in the year, I think, but um, yeah, like I said, this is kind of a nerf to his. Yeah, he's kind of like had ability. a few things here and there, but nothing crazy. So it's not like he was being abused with this. You know, he wasn't even picked in the the playoffs, so it's not it's not like that or performance in Hero League. It just they they had some future changes. I mean, he's mind. just really squish in general. Yeah. Although we played with him the other night, right? And he was he was pretty good in with our our, our comp, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he can work, but he's just really susceptible to certain heroes. Then Kel'Thuzad, they are still playing around with his Frost Blast, trying to make it his version of Pyroblast now. They reduced the cooldown Mm -hmm. by 10 seconds, reduced his mana cost, and then increased the root duration. And then, once again, they're tweaking the Barb Chains build, because it's pretty much the blow-up comp that, you know, basically you take that... uh, That does the armor direction, All the chains... Right, so you take all the chains, and then you take uh, what's the other, uh, the heroic, and you know the other heroic. <laughs> it's not frost uh, blast. Fissure. And basically, yeah, Fissure, and you just blow people up. That's you. I feel like that's the go-to. Mm-hmm. It just synergizes too well. Yeah, E W R. Yeah. Done, and then put a Q on top of it for a chain. And your character has officially been moved to the dumpster. So these buffs, the, he got um, also a ice cold. The damage that I, I've been taking that account, that uh, talent sometimes. Damage bonus increased from 20, 20, 250 to three hundred percent, and then um, that, uh, increasing his W frost nova slow increase change from ten to fifteen percent. So pairs well with Rainer. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lenara um, choking pollen got a uh, level seven got um, buffed. From 75 to 85%. So damage bonus to enemies affected by nature's toxins increased from 75 to 85. And damage bonus to enemies affected by three stocks of nature's toxins increased from 125 to 135. They've been playing around with this talent for a while, I think. You know, it's been up and down, up and down. Yep. So they're just trying to make her more viable, you know, after the rework and such. Zagar, her Nidus network got nerfed from 10 Nidus worms down to four. So this means that basically the way you adjust your gameplay is you're going to have one in the top lane, one in the bottom lane, and one in the base, base. <laughs> and then, then you have one in an aggressive uh, spot. So mm-hmm. um, It's weird that they did that because yeah. they already nerfed the cooldown, so I don't think you're ever really going to have... Well, yeah, they increased the cooldown of the network. So I think what now Paradox was saying is, well, they got to reduce the cost. They got to reduce the cooldown on this now. Yeah, it's it's too debilitating. I was going to say, it's already she was already pretty debilitating prior to this, and most people Mm. weren't even taking that alt, right? To begin with, and I mean, she just doesn't have that bullying potential anymore, like she used to. Because like you you get a Zagara, you pick Blaze, or your L even, right? Because like. Blaze can clear creep. I mean, it's funny that it works out that way, right? <laughs> yeah. Flamethrower, flamethrower hero versus creep hero makes sense, right? But yeah, Zagara is not in a great spot anymore. Yeah. So then Lily, she got a little bit of a nerf on her Q. 
Her healing brew now does 180, uh, 181 healing base as opposed to 190. And then on level four, they uh, nerfed the Hintering Winds uh, talent uh, from two seconds to 1.5. But I think even 1.5 uh, slow is is pretty uh, is pretty effective. Yeah. And then Lucio got a bit of a buff. You know, his um, crossfade W, his speed boost movement is up for, up five percent to twenty. So basically, people yeah, are zipping around the map a little bit more. And then his amp it up. Uh, cooldown reduced from uh, 15 to 13 seconds, so you'll be able to cast that more frequently. And then also the mana was reduced uh, by 10, per, 10, uh, 10. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, I definitely think the amp it up uh, speed being faster by two seconds is good. I really never felt Lucio ever had a mana problem, though. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the way I play him. I don't know. And then they remove, then they remove the talent we moved together, the W talent. Um. I guess because it's not picked and it's it's overly redundant. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, I mean, he's got four. He had four talents at level one, so I was like, yeah. None of them, and two of them were quest talents. I was like, they never made sense. You know, it's like, and then Tronde, she's getting a little bit more nerfs um, as well. She's her her light of a loon has been reduced from two sixty five to two fifty five. So a small, what was that like? Yeah. You know, three uh, percent reduction in healing and then lunar flare the cooldown has increased um, by one second from 12 to 13. um her level one uh i'm not even going to say it the resistance the spell armor durations re- re- reduced from three to two seconds i think that was the go-to talent right her level one which one uh the calidora resistance the Q. oh yeah that's the armor stacking not yeah. stacking but yeah, but that was like the go-to talent. So they yeah, just for the most part. Yeah. Level four, uh, Ranger, the bonus maximum range damage is increased. So they're basically trying to get people to to take this talent a bit more from 150 to 250. So that's, yeah, a significant increase. Yeah. And level 20, Ice uh, ice Blade Arrow is passive. Uh, the basic attack speed is reduced by uh, 5%. Yeah, her level 20s are pretty insane. Yeah. Uther, they... Um, the Hammer of Justice got a bit of a nerf by 0.25 seconds, so it's up to one second stun duration now. But no, it's not. It's a it's actually it's the stun duration is increased. So yeah, one point seven five to one. So one of the heroes that pairs all with my Maev is Nuther. <laughs> stun, Maev, Umbra, dead. <laughs> yeah. So Artanis, he got uh you know his abilities is uh, phase prism. The cooldown's been reduced to by two seconds to fourteen seconds, and the mana cost is uh, re- reduced by ten. And then they uh, they uh, also uh, the gravitation vortex the E the mana cost is reduced um, uh, decreased from thirty five to thirty percent. So a little bit more mana efficient. Then we're just going to sit here and talk about Blaze for about twenty minutes because <laughs> <laughs> this is your favorite hero. Because it's my favorite hero in the whole game, and I'll play Blaze until I die. <laughs> oil spill the W the slow amounts increased by 10% so basically you get stuck in oil now you just gonna sit there it's a 50% yeah. slow now and the, so I was playing a game before this too mm-hmm. and they didn't nerf they did not nerf the talent level 4 that increased the area and the slow so it becomes a 60% slow at level 4 stupid and dumb <laughs> So Decker doesn't need to take Sapphire at, one, at level 1 anymore. Yeah, <laughs> if you have a Blaze. And, and you know what that means, too? Blaze can throw his oil spill, 
proceed to <laughs> proceeds to walk waddle his way around that hero to body block now. It's that easy. Like you, it's such a powerful slow that you don't even as long as you don't light it on fire, you can position yourself to body block a hero very easily. Like it's really like these changes are I just think are strange. Like it cuz Blaze is already in a good spot and he has been in it for a while. Like I don't think he was ever even in a bad spot per se. So I don't know, you know, like where you know, this is why people are like curious about what's going to happen now. Yeah. Well, and then they also nerfed the uh spell damage uh from the oil spell from 18 to 16. So oh, really? what I hear is like people, you know, when they made the mana changes, uh, people stopped using the oil, igniting oil to kill minions. They just start, Blaze just basically sits there and, you know, and mostly auto, auto attacks. No need to use your oil. Use your oil to kind of heal yourself, basically, yourself. And then you just try to be uh, judicious with that. Yeah. So his other base ability, Jet Propulsion E, uh, the cooldown's been reduced by one second. And his mana, they did uh, the mana cost reduced by point uh, by five. So yeah, so they're trying to make his five. engage more reliable. So, th to me, that's the main tank change. Because right. now his engage is up, pretty much, anytime you want it to be. Right. Um, and on top of that, uh, because of the way the synergy works now with the oil spill thing, if you go level thirteen talent where you make the oil spill when you use jet propulsion, you're creating this crazy like slowing area yeah. just again you have to make sure you're not going to light up fire though but it's going to happen but yeah it's really interesting and then pyromania the armor is in, by increased by 10 so he's up to 35 now yeah i don't know why they did that either very weird well like they said they're trying to, i think they're trying to convert him from bruiser to main tank you know yeah. they need another main tank and you know Right now, he was picked more as a bruiser, so... Yeah, and uh, I think from a logical standpoint, from the dev team, mm -hmm. making Blaze a main tank makes more sense than anyone else. Just, well, the, the lead developer said he was surprised he wasn't more of a main tank. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I agree with them, too, because I, I personally think he is very, very much a main tank. Yeah, I told you, like, I'm looking forward to practicing more yeah. uh, you know he's level 13 now for me so yeah. i'm definitely going to put some time in the tra yeah, and, training and, modes and, and recently I, i've actually changed my build like i was playing him still the old bruiser version like offlane like cdr blaze mm -hmm. of old for a long time and then after we started talking i believe like even last weekend or last week's podcast we talked about the trait and things like that and i explained my long story about how i countered kerrigan because of creativity and things like that and I've since kind of switched to new habits as my level one pick because having an unstoppable on a trait that gives you armor and is it like a burning rage steroid, it's pretty strong. And it's someone it's like, also, go ahead. It's, and it's also important to do that so that you can engage with um, combustion. Right? right. So you can't get CC'd out of your combustion. And I, and I think that is what makes it even more powerful because I didn't think about that synergy initially until recently because I started doing that and I'm like, man, my combustion is able to channel through a lot more effectively, you know, and it's like, oh, right, because I can pop my unstoppable <laughs> whenever I want kind of thing. And pop my unstoppable, pop, pop my armor. Yeah. 
Right, yeah. You, you get an unstoppable and armor. It's like basically you become a mini Johanna minus a shield. Yeah. Oh, by the way, boys, come on in. The party's fine. Right. <laughs> You're yeah. Like, yeah. It's all, like, and, and, and during the channel, they're slowed while in it too. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's really, it's really fun. And when you get a good one off too, it just feels even more fun. You're just like, yeah, baby, it's about to get hot. <laughs> I don't know. Blaze is fun. He's I got, really like Blaze. He's got he's got some of the best voice lines. Too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so, I could talk my ear off about Blaze because he's one of those heroes. Because like lately, what it's been like is like I could play Diablo and probably win majority of my games, but I just Diablo's so one trick. Yeah. That I'm just like meh. I'm gonna just stop playing Diablo. I'll ban him out because I don't want other people to play him, and mm -hmm. let's make it more interesting. Yeah, it's like Blaze is like a combination of Johanna and Diablo. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, with his engage. Yeah, know, that's um, right. Yeah, with a stun. I don't think he can blow someone up like Diablo can. No. Like a squishy. <laughs> I just watched Diablo. I was playing Maiev and Diablo. I played against Diablo, and I was like, oh, this is why you don't play Maiev and Diablo. <laughs> no, just, you do not want to do that. It's a bad idea. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, the standard Diablo build is that burst build with Q, the shadow charge impact damage, and that just destroys any any non tank. It just is, it's painful. You're like, God damn it! <laughs> that talent so, might get removed. I would say. Dehaka got his uh, his E nerfed as well, just like yeah. um, Falstad. Oh, that, we haven't heard anything about Brightwing. She might be in the next one, right? But anyway, yeah, I was gonna um, say like the, there's only had those two like bruiser, not bruiser, but damage dealy type globals. Happen but here. I still think Tiahaku is viable. He just he's no, goodness. Yeah. He's you know, but he's just you know. But eh, yeah, that's not a good map thing. specific. Well, he's for sure. Yeah, Curse Hollow. Yeah, anything against a three lane map or even a two lane map like um. Praxis holdout. I think he's yeah. like if you want to create an imbalance in the top lane, you know, he can Z up, you know, yep. and, and create that two two v one. Yeah, um, I can see that. And then they closed out with Malganesis, which I think everyone was waiting for, but they're kind of surprised that it didn't really do a lot of. <laughs> so his fell claws damage was reduced uh, by three. You know, so he went from seventy two to sixty nine. Mm -hmm. His vampiric touch trait um, healing against non-hero targets re is reduced from uh, fifteen to ten percent. And then carrier swarms are healing against heroes reduced from one hundred to seventy five. So basically, the whole uh, reverse Ox Trazel, right? <laughs> Is it going to be less uh, broken now? Well, well, that's where people are like, okay, well, those those nerfs make sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, they do. It's all of a self. Yeah. And his talents, level sixteen, plague bats. The damage is reduced from eighty-five to eighty oh, to eighty-one, and his frenzy assault passive is physical damage is increased from ten to fifteen percent. So I guess they're just trying to get people to stop taking. Uh, uh, Plague bats <laughs> in favor and try to see if they can get frenzy assault uh, picks a little bit higher. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for me, the the Melgana stuff, I like him from like a design standpoint, but he's just so diff. Like his how he plays is not. He doesn't have a defined enough role. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's still being first banned in a lot of the Hero League matches yes. because he he can disrupt enough to right. make the game not fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I, I I get that, but just from I'm just saying from like my play perspective, mm-hmm. like when I like just putting it in perspective, like when Blaze came out, like I could play Blaze and be like, all right, I got this. Like I know how to win with this hero. But True. about Ganis, I just feel like he has so much more counterplay to him. You know. And, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, his, Anna his, can take him out of the game. Anything I can stun him or sleep yeah. him. Yeah, and his engage is slow. Like, Blaze, yeah. at least, you know, he's got the skill gap of, like, if he doesn't impact, then it, you're screwed, right? But, like, Malganis is so telegraphed that yeah. it's kind of like, mm. And I think he kind of can go too deep that your allies yeah. don't know how to play with him enough yet. Right. So, well, I think, like, you know... I think like a Maev might pair well with him because mm-hmm. he's like engaging, sleeping. It helps Maev get the Umbra and, you know, and go from there, you know, and then he can like make that a living hell right. in there. It's all about, he has to engage from the shadows. He can't yes. just, you know, walk up. He's got to, he's got to, whenever I see a successful on against, he's usually coming from the fog of war. So and I think he him. needs a dive buddy. Like he needs another yeah. like hero in there that can absorb damage while mm-hmm. he's disrupting because he's a disruption hero. He's not a, like an absorber of damage, unless you have an already. He seems like he always has shields on them. <laughs> so you know, take shield breaker talents if you, uh, you're you up against them. Right? Yeah. So then two heroes got, uh, well, two things were fixed in the bugs um, that, were, that were kind of floating around. Anna, the uh, level 13 healing uh, dart talents that uh, apply uh, some type of um, uh, slow or, uh, I'm sorry, some type of like... Um, cleanse uh they've been fixed so if you shoot a healing dart at someone that you can stop them from being slowed or what have you that was uh broken after they changed the 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 cube piercing uh so that's been fixed and malganis there was an ability when he took blind as a bat he could um if he had a healing uh unit it would um give him some vision they've taken they fixed that um that bug and then most importantly, if you were leveling your heroes from level 5 to level 15, the reward for the level 15 um, portrait was appearing as a white box. So hmm. they fixed that. So <laughs> That's weird. Well, I noticed it because I was leveling heroes from you know, to 15 and I noticed the white box. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I did notice that in a few of my heroes. I just haven't. I just didn't think about it until right now. Yeah, well, sometimes these things are irritants to some of the people out there. So yeah. All right, we're just going to wrap this up uh, with a discussion about Dragonshire and Infernal Shrines. Both of these discussions, um, they did get a lot of attention uh, comment-wise. The Dragonshire discussion was last Thursday. Um, you know, basically, the one thing I learned about this is that on Dragonshire, the uh, well... So if you're looking uh, dead on, the north well is exposed so that you can attack that. So I've always played when I get the dragon to go take the dragon, take really? down the first. Yeah. So what I've what I've so whenever I get the first dragon, I always go to the front for I go to the front and I take down the two towers and the gate and then I go south, right? And some people are saying one or two things: either you send a Genji or some hero and take out that. Um, that uh, healing well at the very top huh. um, that helps, you know, you know, if you take away that tower, that gives, you know, less the soul lean at the top. 
less uh, yeah. uh, sustain. So that was something I learned from that. And then, of course, um, uh, you know, always you're trying to like push the bottom lane because that's where the most minions are. That's kind of a common sense thing. So um, obviously, the first Dragonite, you can lose it because it's not the most powerful. Um, there's a lot of counter pushing on this map as well because you know you get a Dragonite, it's you know walking down the middle doing hey diddle diddle. You can then decide uh, if you want to go top or bot, you know. But you know, you know, uh, counter pushing is important on this map, I think as well. Yeah. And um, uh, what's it? Oh, and then the the bridge of death. I hate you know, I hate playing in like quick match teams or any type of uncoordinated team and people like to go across the top bridge he, he, I don't know if you if you know do you know what I'm talking about yeah I do know what you're talking about it is basically I, I call it the bridge, bridge of death whenever yeah. I <laughs> don't do the bridge of death nope <laughs> you avoid that lane like it's the plague once again a strong soul laner can you know boring, a strong boring soul laner can you know win you the you know win you the top usually uh, you know these are the URLs, uh, the the orcs, whatever you want to put up top. Uh, maybe in a phoenix, you know. Um, there wasn't, you know, basically a, that was that was the major insights I got. Everyone really likes this map. I think that was another thing that was kind of reflected. for Dragon Dread. Yeah, hmm. people think it's it's one of the better maps in the map pool. Um, they think it's better than Braxis, you know. So I mean, I would agree with know. that for sure. I don't know, like, I, it is, you know, it's funny, is like, this map, like, when I started playing Hero League, was one of my more successful maps, but this mm -hmm. season, for some reason, I'm not able to win this map for some, for some reason. It's because just, like, it, it destroys any synergies you have, and so, because most people are split. Right. So, if you, you can't communicate effectively, like, with pings or anything like that, or what have you, you wind up getting punished quite heavily right it does require the team to split up obviously so global heroes have tremendous value yeah. on this map yeah i'm just trying to think, you know like i said it was very it's a very popular map a lot of people you know they, they love playing on the map i guess you know one of the things i guess also is learn how to pilot the pilot the dragon knight you know <laughs> don't just walk him into like you know the five stack of the enemy team see if you, you can you know walk around you know poke until you get your team with you um, making sure you're prioritizing the towers and you know obviously later in the match just go to the core <laughs> just run it down the middle take it to the core you know, so, when you can mm -hmm. um, I think that there's two strategies too there's you know there's macro strategies for this map picking macro level heroes or, or there's just blow up comps you know to try to do as much damage mm -hmm. PvE damage to the uh, the dragons so yep and I think this is all one of the other maps that has a comeback mechanic as well, where I've seen, I've had some of them, this and Towers of Doom have had amazing comebacks on, where like I've been losing the whole time, but mm -hmm. you, you could just get that one team fight, you win, and you say, walk it down, you know, usually you go bottom up and just win the game. Run know? it down mid? <laughs> yeah, run down mid or run down, or yeah. run it down from the bot. You know, grab a couple, you know, uh, camps and just run it down and win. So, so I definitely think this map has that turnaround. Yeah. So even if you think you're ahead, you're not until you get the final. Yep. I agree. 
And then uh, the last one was Infernal Shrines. And this was also another popular discussion. You know, a lot of people like Infernal Shrines. It's one of the more popular HTC maps. Um, you know, and I think that that's, it's a combination of the fact that, you know, the immortal, the John Cena, whatever everyone likes to call him, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, winning that immortal feels good. You know, it feels good to win it and it feels like crap when you don't. <laughs> right. But, yeah. And then the most important tip on this one is having your tank when you <coughs> when the immortals outside your you know your front line is have your tank create vision so the immortal jumps over. <laughs> well, it's like Do not it's, try to it's the first it. ability that it hits that hits it is who right. it jumps to. Right. So the tank standing behind the wall should, should be, be the, the one, one who does it. Practice this. Learn this. Or do trust your tank, over. period. Yeah. I see so many people just get caught out. Yeah, I know. Because people, I mean, I've literally been on the other end of that, where it's like, okay, as soon as that thing jumps over, you target that hero. Yeah. And this map is also another good side-soaking map, because there's so many minions of bot, and then there's the two strong camps at the top. Um so a good jungler can actually help you, you know, get ahead and stay ahead. Um, you know, uh, th- the other thing is this is a, you know, obviously this is a very team fight oriented map as well. Uh, so heroes right. like Alex Traza, anything that can kind of that gets like that bur- that kind of spike pre pre ten and after ten um, creates a lot of uh, value. And I think also, Alex Traza is just because of the Dragon Queen. Yeah dragon you know just going in and just keeping people off the point getting a lot of minion kills for the most part i think there's the the first objective always spawns spawns north i think there's once in a while it might spawn mid so it's like i think it's like i don't know what the percentages are but yeah i have no idea yeah seems nine times out of ten it's always top but there's a there's a few times where it's in the mid Hmm. um i'll have to pay attention to that i didn't know that was a thing I, I I think it's usually top, but you uh-huh. know, like I said, I think sometimes I perceive it's in mid as well. <laughs> um, and then you know the types of heroes here. You're trying to take uh, hero the heroes like Genji or Li Ming, um, possibly even Stitches because of those little minions and stuff. Well, they uh, Stitches should be fine on this. And this might be an okay Li Ming, yeah. but I think there's some not there's some friends, put- usually. Yeah, yeah, classically in Genji, Meriden are considered because <laughs> they get disrupted by the little um, uh, minions and such. Yeah. They block their stuff. Um, so also, another uh, kind of strategy I was pointing out is that you can delay the objective as well. So, like, say you get, you know, it takes 40 minions to win that, uh, to win the objective. Let's mm-hmm. say you get 35. Well, then you can break off and do some minions. You don't have to do it right away. So you can, you know, break off and then come back and get the last uh, five or last one. So you know, you don't always have to just rush to complete. If you get a couple of team kills and you do, uh, you get the um, um, the immortal uh, down, you know, or you get the uh, the minions down. You can kind of uh, take a few seconds to get the extra camps to go with it. Mm-hmm. So, um. And then uh, obviously they say the top shrine is the most difficult because there's really no escape on the top one. So basically, you know, the only way you want to make sure you're closer to the edges so that way you can escape if you can. If you get stuck at the top, you're dead. Yep. 
I think some people feel that uh, Karazim seems to get um, some value here. Uh, he's a good jungler. He's good on the minions. You know, he's good. You know, ever since everyone's kind of tightly packed, he gets more value from his healing. So it's either Alexstrasza or, or, or Karazim as a. I really try to avoid Karazim most of the time. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah, it's like you get a good kerosene, he can turn the match. You know, right. Like I've seen him. But then you get a bad kerosene, he's feeding. You're not getting enough heals. I, I, it kind of frustrates me when we get a, you have no healer and you get a kerosene who's not going to go healing build. And you know, you know it's like you you got to pick a healer yeah. hero with self sustaining. Once again, this is one of my favorite maps. You know, it's like this old school map. You know, released one of the, one of the early release maps. It's been in the HCC a lot, um, so it's like you know it's one of their staples. Um, one of the things that was funny about this map was now Paradox has been doing a number of uh, uh, of guides, but this is one of the few ones he hasn't done yet. So it's like, so the guides I was able to find the visual ones um, on YouTube were year old, so they didn't really have a lot of the minion uh, updates to it per se. But um, otherwise, yeah. It's a fun map. I enjoy playing it. I think it's balanced. I don't think they needed to change much. What's interesting is starting the next season of HTC, we have three maps that really haven't been played a lot. There's three maps that we that could potentially go in, mm -hmm. right? We have Altrack Valley, we have the new Hanamura, and we have the new uh, um, Garden of Terror. So do you think any of these maps will make replace some of these older maps from the HTC map pool? I would probably say uh, Altrek, most likely. Yeah. Because the I mean, Guard of Terror doesn't add much compared from the other maps that are already in the pool. Yeah, yeah it was like Guard of Terror is kind of like Altrek Valley in a sense. I mean, I would say Guard of Terror is more like either Tomb or, or Curse Hollow. Yeah, with well, the way the objectives yeah. work. I mean, they could just replace uh, Tomb with it. Right. You know. Yeah. They, I mean, they would have to. That would. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to add just one of those and swap out one of the two lane maps or whatever. Yeah. The thing about Tomb is that it's it's a shorter map. It's three lanes, but it's kind of short. So, I mean, do they like the fact that it's three lanes and short? I mean, and yeah, it by adding like Altrack Valley, out by adding Altrack Valley or Garden, most like it's it's Altrack Valley. Are they kind of like creating this new? Um, in, in my opinion, that, that you're right. The Gardener or Altrack Valley will probably replace uh, um, Tomb of Spider Queen. And yeah. I think that Braxis Holdout's going to get replaced by like Hanamura and HCC. And then maybe there's a third map that's coming that we're not even aware of yet. Yeah. Right? That could be this weekend. <laughs> Don't know. Well, it feels like we ran out of steam. Yeah, I'm getting pretty sleepy, to be totally honest. <laughs> Over here trying not to yawn in the microphone. <laughs> well, I think we've done. We, we ran it down. I think we're looking forward to this weekend. This is Christmas for Blizzard. This is yeah. all Christmas, I guess. It's we're, all of our deals. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking. I guess, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, like I said, you know, I hope everything just pans out. You know, mm -hmm. I think this is what the, the, this is the hype train. You know, it's like before I've been. Choo, so choo. hopefully the train arrives. I hope the train <laughs> arrives. It's bringing it home, right? <laughs> so a lot of the podcasts um, are not going to be podcasting on their normal schedule this week, um, but they will be podcasting over the weekend and publishing. So Monday, I'll do the podcast rundown. So, you know, hopefully we are ahead of the curve there. <laughs> and then 
will be your first stop in the podcasting world. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. Anyway, well, that's pretty much all I got for you. This is LDAP. You can catch me at LDAP, uh, at LDAP TV on uh, Twitter or just catch me as a mod on the Heroes of the Storm subreddit. Um, and that's pretty much what I have. Yeah, and you guys know who I am. Eric over here, and you can find me at Eric Wenzel on Twitter. And LDAP links in the bottom of the description deal. And check out Feeding Curiosity because that's my other thing. I'm like eight weeks consecutive going on that one. I got like another yeah, three weeks backlogged of everything. It's pretty crazy right now, to be totally honest. But yeah. That's, that's so cool that you've really kind of like, you know, were able to. It's like we started doing it and then all of a sudden that started taking off. Yeah. It's like it feels it, like you're becoming like a media empire. I you have t shirts now. I do have a t shirt. I totally didn't even thought, talk about it. I just I shared it uh, Monday. I did a short run to see how it would work. Like just doing it. It was super simple, and I was like, cool, I'm going to wear T-shirts now. And <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with it yet, but it exists. It feels very strange that it's something that I made, and it's my thing. But, yeah, uh, I mean, the podcast itself right now is just on a huge upward swing, just being consistent, and I, that's like 90% of everything, right? Are you getting feedback from your listeners at all? Um, no, mostly people that I know have told me feedback, so yeah. a lot of word of mouth, but that's fine. Like, that's how it all starts. You know, like people who I get to explain yeah. things to, you know, they, they, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people where I get to give like my spiel, right. basically of like what it means to me. And that, that's where, where it goes, you know, when, when I get to say that, it, it really resonates with people at that level. And I, I really like that, you know, and that's going to be where it's going to be for a while until I generate enough, you know, stuff within the website that people are starting to share into their own worlds of stuff. Then yeah. that'll generate its own ripple effect, so to speak. And I think the one thing about your podcast is that it's timeless. It's not like right. it's dated. Yeah, that's, you know, that was one of the something. big things I always wanted it to, to be. I don't, I don't like want this, it to have like a date or an expiration date. Like there's going to be things that are going to come up where it's like pertinent to like current events or something. But yeah. And I think that's one of the unique things about our podcast. Yeah, the sections where we talk about what's going on on Reddit and stuff and, you know, balance patches that's dated right. but the actual like the the first like half an hour 45 minutes of our discussions are usually pretty relevant i mean you know? a lot of our stuff is mindset and skill based that doesn't yeah. never goes away right yeah. and enthusiasm hopefully so well yeah i mean I, I think i think the enthusiasm part is checked off by us doing two hour long podcasts <laughs> yeah so well i think it's about time for us to go play a couple games before it's time to go to bed Agreed. <laughs> All right, everyone. Peace. Have a good week. Good luck at BlizzCon if you're going. Yes. <laughs>